Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 148 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It is 4 a.m. because that is the time it always is when I edit these three-hour-long episodes. We've got a mailbag episode. This episode is so long, I don't even remember what the questions were about. We're talking bubbles. We're talking what the next big spike is. Johnny's complaining about graded game systems. It's three hours long. There's a bunch of stuff in it. So please enjoy the episode. I'm going to bed. Yes, I know there's a big gap in between us recording and editing it. Uh, Hopefully we'll get back on track soon. You know how it is. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. What's going on, guys? You know, hanging out. You know, I'm enjoying the six followers that, uh, or the six new listeners that I got the show this week. Uh, what, what, yeah. what are the six new listeners you got for the show? <laughs> oh, Johnny, uh, Johnny told me I got six listeners off of my post. Yeah, he was like, so uh, did we see a big bump from my big Twitter post I did for the show? Oh, I was, was like, no, it was it was six people. He was like, oh. Were you on a, a certain other podcast promoting us yet? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, where's uh, the bump from that, Stefan? Because it, has, it hasn't aired yet. Okay, okay. All right. But yes. I have faith. One of those real video game podcasts, are like we're, we might get a bump from that one. It's a podcast people actually listen to. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a pivot, guys. Uh, the Collector's Quest podcast is just going to start talking about gameplay and video game history, because apparently that's way more popular, um, and no one's doing that right now. So we're going to try to get those yeah. listeners and get paid you for You guys, uh, I mean, also, uh, look forward to some reviews of modern games and retro games. You know, I feel like between the three of us, we have some really good things to say about Super Mario Brothers that I'm sure have never been said before, and you'll be super interested to hear our views on. That's a pretty no? good joke, Johnny. But let's get no. right into our review of the Castlevania trilogy on NES. Now, these are oh, some sh- Nintendo hard platformers, guys, but they are absolute classics. You know, another Wait, great are, game sorry, after we talk about gems? Castlevania <laughs> is, is the real hidden gem, Blaster Master. Don't know if you ever heard about this one, guys. Wow, how about that Sunsoft music, Johnny? I could listen to oh. it on my iPod all day. Yeah, I mean, between that and that other rare gem, Bionic Commando, woo! And don't forget Mega Man 2. I, I could sing the song to that. Oh, oh no, I'm having a Dennis moment. I can't remember. Dennis moment! Everybody made that joke just for Stefan's benefit, because he's the only one who thinks that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, Dennis doesn't think it's very hilarious when I text him about it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you're texting him at like 3 a.m. Out of the blue, you're like, sing the Mario theme. <laughs> Do <laughs> Did it. Did you learn the Mario song yet, Dennis? Uh, I think from now on, whenever he's asked, he should have to sing the Super Mario Brothers Super Show uh, Lou Albano version. Nice. Captain Lou Albano. Does, can, can, does he have to do the voice too? He does. Swing your hips <laughs> from side to side. Come on now. Yeah, that, it's time to go do the Mario. The Mario. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I, I love that they're like plumbers who live next to a pizza shop, and but they're never doing any plumbing. Like, And then, you know, just the whole idea of uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show 
is uh, amazing. Like that, that live action portion exists. Like they felt like they needed to do that rather than just make it an animation. And there was also that, that uh, segment with Koopa that I apparently was regional. I, I didn't, I, I think we got it out here, Johnny, but like, do you remember the, 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 like the segment between the segments of, of, uh, of Koopa where he would like, he would like, it was him in a live audience of children and he would like give away power gloves and stuff. No. Yeah, I'm not making this up. It's a thing. But it was regional, so you didn't get it everywhere. Uh, well, I lived in Palmdale at the time. Mm. And I remember like always trying to figure out when it was on. I think it was on like 3 p.m. or something. And, uh, you know, like uh, Palmdale was not a great time for me or a great place. So, like, I was living I, at that time, I was living in the apartment of the wife of a bank robber who had li- recently gone to jail. True story. And, uh, we were, me and my parents were in one bedroom, uh, during this time. I think it was like 11, 12. And, uh, yeah. So we only had like one TV and like kind of had cable, but we had like still the antenna, you know? So you're like trying to get channels the best you could. And then like, I had to compete with two other people I was sharing a room with being my parents also for a TV. And it's no shock that they uh, didn't always want to watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show or <laughs> let me try to find it with the rabbit ears for like, you know, 10 minutes. Did you have so, one of those TVs where you had to like stand in a certain position in front of it in order to get like the right reception? Yeah, absolutely. There were many <laughs> a times where I stood watching a whole show holding an antenna because I wanted to watch that show. Yep. So that's what dedication looks like. Until you've lived or shared an apartment with a bank robber's wife who just went to jail and held rabbit ears to watch Super Mario Brothers Super Show. You don't get to call yourself a real fan, okay? Just, <laughs> you're not a real gamer. And, yeah, and you're guys, not a real gamer. Get out of here. We do bring up concepts on this show without explaining them. So an antenna, sometimes called an aerial, is this thing <laughs> oh, you used yeah. to have on your TV that brought in the channels. They're like, oh, isn't that what those poor people use to try and get free HD channels now? Like, I wonder no, how many people who like- that. I wonder how many like adult collectors now are like buying like uh, CIB like sixteen bit and eight bit consoles and like literally have no idea what the like rabbit ears connections or like the the coaxial connections or like the the two two I don't even know what they're called the the like the fork one the where they had like the yeah two the, prongs? the yeah the VHF, forks, UH, yeah. If, I don't know yeah. I'm just saying words now I'm sure no, there's it, like there's like modern was, collectors now that are, yeah with they like have the switch on it too it's basically the Atari connector but Nintendo had an adapter for that back in yeah. the day they even had one I'm for sure, the Super Nintendo I'm sure there's plenty of collectors who own those and have no idea what they're for oh I, I'm sure they've seen those and they're like what is this strange box with these two wires that come off in a fork that have a coaxial connection at the bottom what what is this yeah. It's funny because my brain knows exactly what that looks like and a couple different variants of it. Like I still remember because I had that for the Atari as well. Yeah, I, the um, the when I did the gameplay counselor panel uh, in Portland, uh, they were talking about how, how they'd have to describe that unit to parents and they would liken it to a pack of cigarettes and that's how they would get their point across. Cool. They're probably not recommended anymore. Yeah, not really. Yeah, that's not something that they would do now. 
So we've talked a long time. I, I th- this is our traditional, what, have we hit 10 minutes of digression yet? No, it's 7.30. Usually we get about eight minutes, so so we're, okay. we're right, on, right on course. Right on schedule. All right. Um, I guess Tyler should tell them what the episode's about now. Tyler, what this are we doing? This is not my episode. These are always Stefan's episodes. I just want to clarify. This, this <laughs> is definitely a Stefan episode. Every nice. time we do a mailbag episode, they are a Stefan episode uh, because he loves them. I don't know why. Um, not that we don't want to talk to you, but I, I think I don't, you know, guys, I don't love the format of the mailbag episode. I think I would rather have a segment where we answer like one or two questions, like every episode rather than, you know, do like a whole show of questions, but maybe like we can revisit that. I mean, it does work out pretty well for reserved investments who does four part, like just hit 2000 subscriber mailbags. And then he gains 500 subscribers, and then he'll be like, 2,500 subscriber mailbags starting now. <laughs> but no, uh, I see, agree. I, we I should probably it... just have a small section in the show. Um, also, I don't like calling him mailbags because it makes it sound like it's a filler episode uh, because we had no ideas. Uh, so that's, that's why when true, they go up, actually... I just take like the three best questions and turn that into the episode title. So it makes it seem like we had an idea when we put the episode together. Well, it's true. And... and... Like, especially for this episode, we had other ideas in front of this. And like, we, like, we actually have a whole sculpt of like four or five episodes, like the next four or five. So, um, yeah, this was, this is not in, uh, in lieu of a good idea, which I, I agree that mailbag episodes look like sometimes I like to do them because people like to ask us questions and we agree that we're going to do them, but I think we could facilitate a better yeah. way to do this. And the, the the I think it works out okay because uh our the questions that we get aren't necessarily like hey remember like when you said that thing on that one episode let's talk about that there our our questions generally tend to be a little bit more generalized or topical um like what's happening right now um so I know like when I'm listening to other podcasts that have like very very like specific topic like oh we're gonna talk about this game and then they'll do a mailbag like six months later and it'll be like hey do you remember when like we were talking about that game six months ago can I ask a question about that you know that 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 I don't know work I don't know if that works quite as well but yeah we we don't suffer from that at least yeah yeah but yeah I do love mailbag episodes Uh, I do love kind of connecting with our listeners and i think this is one of the best ways that that we can do that and yeah so i am always up for a mailbag episode yeah and i agree like i want to do that for the same reasons you just stated i just think we could create uh like a segment that way we're more more regularly touching base and then if people did have questions like you described like they wanted to ask a question about a specific episode like they we would get the audience on a schedule like they know to submit questions and then therefore we have some answers for them. I mean, the, the um, you know, section being part of the podcast would be reminder enough to submit questions to the podcast. And also it would yeah. make the second half of the show more like a half and less like 10 minutes of Johnny trying to end the show as fast as possible. Well, but do we necessarily want that too? Because I know a lot of times, you know, we get to the, our second quote unquote half and it's like, we've already been going for two hours. Like, but I, that's not going to happen this time, Stefan, because a... we're going to get right into it with our questions from the Quest Nation out there. Johnny, what's the first gem you pulled out of the hidden hat? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Tyler just well, like, you... grabbed wow. an idea and ran with it without <laughs> consenting us. Yeah, I, I love that we're a Quest Nation. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Actually, I, I like CQ Peeps better because like CQP. Ooh. 
uh, Collector's Quest podcast, CQ peeps. <laughs> See, you have original ideas, Johnny. I just put nation in front of a word, and that becomes the Vape thing. Nation. I, it, did you steal it from Vape Nation? Did from I have from no them? idea where I stole it from. Uh, no, I probably stole it from C Nation. John Cena's fans. Oh yeah, I believe yeah, yeah, you did that say sense. that once. Yeah. Anyways, so you guys get to hear this is like kind of uh, an insight into uh, like when we do some episode plan because we we talk like this and. I sit there and wonder aloud how we can make the show better or worse. And then uh, we get too busy to implement any of it. Hooray. <laughs> how can so, we make uh, the yeah. show worse? Tyler, you should talk about PC games more. Yeah. Well, I mean, we always have time for PC games, right? Um, we, we haven't dedicated an episode to it. We're not going to dedicate an episode. Uh, to it. I don't. Uh, well, I mean, maybe we could. World. Anyways, uh, I would actually, I would actually sit back and listen to a, so you want to collect PC as long as it was Tyler at the helm. Actually, I'm okay with the So You Want to Collect PC if you rounded it up to, like, So You Want to Be a Generic uh, Basic Bitch PC Collector. Wow. Here's all the LucasArts games you should just go I buy. mean, like, <laughs> that's that's what that episode would have to be, because when you collect PC, be, you're either collecting historically important games, like people go for the super early Sierra stuff that's just impossible, you're collecting your childhood, or you're being a basic bitch, and you're just like, give me all the Apogee, all the id software, all the LucasArts and, but, uh, uh, and actually, I actually think that episode would be fine. Just so you know, like, so, I, I, so you want to be I, a basic I, bitch PC collector? Yeah, well, we and do I it. do think there's like a, a significant chunk of people who just wouldn't have even exposure to even that popular stuff. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure there's tons of people who would love to hear about the good origin games or the important origin games. They wouldn't necessarily. That's not necessarily common knowledge, especially to like a console collecting base. So, uh, you know, I think I think there would right. be. A, I think even the more common information would still be good information. We will have to flesh it out because I feel like you could do a whole episode on like just Sierra games and to try I, to just pick out the highlights of all of PC gaming would be incredibly difficult. No, It'll be like, I, so you want to collect Nintendo in one episode. No, I watch. I think we could do like a basic primer though. Like we could do some basic primers for like what PC collecting looks like. And you could describe exactly on the three fronts you just described and then talk through that for people. I think that would be interesting. And then, like, talk about some of the key titles in those arenas. And, guys, uh, when we say basic bitch, don't don't be offended by that, even though it's kind of offensive. It, you know, we all want our Mario, Zeldas, and Metroids. That That's fine. That's basic bitch collecting 101. And if you do that now and you get them sealed and graded, you're a f***ing high roller. So, you know, woo. woo, yeah, just do it. Sealed Nation, get there. So, yeah, just don't uh, don't feel bad about that. That's... That's like what most of us come back into collecting doing with nostalgia. You're just like, Johnny, oh, it sounds like you're being stuff. a f***ing elitist right now. And, Am I? And you're telling, that the enti- you're telling the entire CQ Peep Nation <laughs> that uh, CQ whatever they, they're going to interpret whatever they're collecting is the basic bitch stuff and that you hate them now. I the only I just said that's the reason we all do it, and that's fine. And okay. that's what I did. Like the first games I went and bought, I wasn't like, you know what I need is I need a little Samson in this collection immediately. I know. I'm like, how do I want a Mario, a Zelda, and a Final Fantasy? Let's do that. And that's like, that's what I went and did. Isn't that what everyone goes and does? Like, what? Who are these people who are like, hmm, if I'm not starting with stadium events, I don't want to start with anything. Like, get out of here. <laughs> if I can't get a stadium event, I'm just not going to try. I don't know. Actually, I, <laughs> I, I think bet those you there people are started people. collecting in the past two years, Johnny. Oh, I know, but those people aren't people we're talking to. I'm talking about video game collectors, not investors. Burn. Mm, I, I mean, shots fired, I guess, but I mean, that that's reality. I, it's not shots fired when it's your podcast. Yeah, I, it's when, 
when people are like, if people are going to be offended to call themselves investors, then they should stop being investors. Like just, you know, get over yourself. It's it's fine if you want to go be like a video game investor and also a collector. It, you can be both of those things. Both of those things can uh, be true. You know, it it's okay. Just Doesn't like you can be a dirty reseller and a collector. It does happen. Yeah. Well, now all those dirty resellers just kind of have to be investors at at some level. That's right. You know, I mean, if they want to make money where the big video games are, I mean, why wouldn't they capitalize on the, you know, biggest opportunity for them? Totally. Like, that's the other thing. I, I don't like shaming people for attempting to make money. Um, I don't think that's right. So when people ask, like, do you hate all these resellers? And I'm like, uh, I mean, that used to be the big thing. You know, the the war used to be uh, people who played games versus collectors. You know, everyone's like, I fucking hate all you stupid collectors. You're buying up all the games and now, and now they're not affordable and I just want to play them. Never mind that there are a million ways to play retro games and that it's the most intellectually dishonest argument I've heard in the last 10 years. Uh, ignore all that. Those people are like, you're ruining this hobby. I'm like, well, we actually kind of had two different hobbies. You want to play video games. I want to collect them, but I want to play like on that original. It has to be that one or it's not, it's not good enough anymore. Get out of here. Shut up. Shut the f up. Go away. And now that argument is somehow shifted and the collectors are now the whiny ones. All these investors are ruining it. I just want to buy these games and sit them on my shelf and I want nice ones. But everybody's just buying the nice ones and grading them and I can't afford it. They're ruining the hobby. So <laughs> Except for we're right when we say it. Yeah, but somebody is right always ruining it. It's definitely... <laughs> yeah, look, they are ruining the hobby, but someone is always ruining the hobby or changing the hobby, right? So uh, hobbies are like, this is just a shift and you'll either accept the shift and go with it or you won't and you'll go on to something else. And, you know, that hobbies grow and change, uh, you know, especially when money is involved. If you just want a pure hobby, just, you know, go collect shiny rocks or sea glass, you know, something you can do for free. You know, Johnny, someone think, out there, despite our limited audience, thinks that we're ruining the hobby somehow. Because, like, people oh, give uh, Pat the NES Punk and all these other, you know, people who with any kind of voice whatsoever. Uh, so I really wonder how we are ruining the hobby. Uh, right into the show, please tell me how Collector's Quest is ruining the hobby so we can uh, amp that up and really define our niche there. Uh, I think yeah, we can I, all agree that it's Dennis Khan who's ruining this hobby, right? I mean, are you with me? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to say Wada's ruining the hobby. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I messaged Dennis recently uh, because I noticed that Blaster Master Boy complete in box is like completely flat over the past four years. But the cartridge has gone from like $10 to $65. And as a second I saw that, because I know Dennis is a Game Boy guy, I messaged Dennis. I'm like, Dennis, why did you do this? I know you control all the goddamn prices in this market. <laughs> why are you ruining the hobby? And he'll never hear that. So well, he'll never hear me mention him on this show because he doesn't listen to us. Even though we went out of our way to mention his show on our podcast, and then I had to field like four people who were like, what is this podcast? I can't find it. Yeah, I can't find it. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and then I, I sent him the YouTube link and they're like, oh yeah, no wonder I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I like, here's some advice for their podcast that maybe they can take. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Release an episode every week at the same, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Hey, we've got that's the... a joke because we never do that. 
Not anymore. It's a good joke. Yeah, that's that's one of the that's an insider joke for all you uh, regular listeners. Right. You know, they're like, I hope this comes out on a Monday, maybe this week, maybe this week. Here it is. That's how Collector's Quest goes. <laughs> I mean, you know, we did have like a bunch of kids and life happened. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on, and like again, we're not paid to do this at all, but we will say there there's news on that uh, Patreon front. It's coming. And I, I, I'll just I give a little that. teaser. I, yeah, I, well, you do, because we have this talk. Just remember, I, I, we don't want to say too much about it, but this is a campaign for you guys. Pogs for patrons. Just throwing it out nice. there. We did have so, this talk. <laughs> yeah. Just be ready I'm, for Pogs for patrons. I'm so excited that like I started like seeding the Pog thing as a joke, and like it's 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 kind of got some cl- the claws into a couple people no no more no person more fervently though as uh as tyler Ty- tyler tyler jumped true. on the pog train uh yeah look um i'm willing to like any inside joke that we maintain on the show i'm willing to you know i people come to us for those jokes i'm willing to uh i'm willing to uh expand on that joke and and make it funnier so so um, I, I just do want to mention that how deep I am into Pogs that I am looking for something right now and I haven't found it yet. So I'm not going to mention it on the show, but it has already caused me to look through the images of every single Pog listing on eBay <laughs> and there are hundreds or thousands of them. I feel like my work here is done. <laughs> uh, I, feel I want like, you to know. I, like, I feel if, like I have accomplished what I set out to accomplish. <laughs> if uh, if this you... is, look, How come you're incepting me? We're supposed to get you collecting <laughs> PS2. This doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, to be fair, you only have to go collect like ten games for Pogs. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, like literally so Pogs. Deal. Like once you start looking at where what games are related to Pogs, it, was, it must have been like a six month period in history that Pogs actually mattered. But in my brain, yeah, as like, a child, like a that year. seemed like an eternity. I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and you were younger than months, us, so six months Pog, was a long time when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, like the Pog thing. Is more generational for you than it is for me or for Stefan. So, like, Pogs hit you deeper in the feels than it does us. Yeah, man. Like, I, 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 don't know I have one Pog. Pogs, I have one that was given to me. Like, I probably have more in, like, a, my collection of junk I have in my garage. But I, I, like, have one that I used to carry around. Uh, and it it's uh, Mario from the movie, I think. And it just says, trust the fungus. Because I Great. thought that was funny. So I used to keep it in my wallet when I kept a wallet. But I, I haven't had a wallet in like six years. So I guess hot, hot, hot tip, there are a, there's a Japanese equivalent to Pogs. And there's a bunch of Nintendo ones. And then, yeah, like the Super Mario Brothers movie has a bunch of Pogs, I think, that I saw. Yeah, well, and, and there's um, some some pretty decent uh, Pogs for that uh, uh, circle around Nintendo Power. Um, they're like the Mega Man X Pogs are really, really cool. There's three different sets of six, I think. Um, and they did actually sell Pogs in the Nintendo Power catalog as well. So there's some pretty, some pretty significant Nintendo Power Pogs. The Pogs I'm looking for are like such garbage compared to like the cool Nintendo Pogs you could probably get. You know, here's how even Goosebumps had Pogs. Pogs were everywhere. Like, because I'm buying my wife Goosebumps stuff right now, like, there's a book of Goosebumps Pogs, and I was like, what the, what is this? Not one book, but two books of of uh, Pogs, plus some that came in cereal. Cereal was, like, a big place for Pogs. Also, if you don't know, uh, if you're like, what's a Pog? It, it sometimes is regionally called Pogs, 
like Pogley's a specific company. You may know them as Milk Caps. Um, is another name for them. So yep. Uh, All right. I hate to be the one, and I never thought I would be, to, to pull be like, us away from the topic of Pogs. Let, <laughs> but we are at twenty four minutes. <laughs> so. Perhaps I mean, we're we talking we're talking about stuff. I mean, it's that's true. It's a general episode, so I don't that's feel true. That's true. bad. Like there isn't one thing that they're like, are they going to get to the topic soon? So, so you're saying we should keep talking about pogs for a while? No, I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> I'm I'm saying if we have any general, like this is a general episode, uh, so it's okay that we aren't exactly there. Okay, one more thing on pogs now. I so okay. speed racer Never on mind. NES. It comes with an order form for Pogs, and that that's another set of Pogs that I've been looking for. But it's like I don't. I'm not going to die if I don't own this because I don't care about speed racer at all. Um, and I I can't even find what the Pogs look like. And someone must have these. So if anyone has uh, the speed racer Pogs, you could order when you bought the game. Can you post that on Instagram and tag me? Because that would be neat to see. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for letting me have that little. All right. Speed Racer Pog call out. Okay, so this episode, like they said, we're, we'll we'll get into it. We have some questions. We'll all kind of field them. Uh, but guys, if you don't know or don't care, uh, like some or someone's already answered because we did this last time, and like I feel like we just repeated what the other person said. Just say I agree with whomever, and then like let's move on from that one rather than uh, repeating the same answer at people for like forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's Street Racer, not Speed Racer. I mean, let's keep, we'll go on to the questions. All right. So, uh, Tyler, let's start with all the questions you got. We're you not, we're cutting all, this. All we're not going to let everyone know how unpopular I am as a collector's quest. Uh, <laughs> no, Tyler, got, uh, like, if you keep this in, Tyler got uh, run over by both Stefan and I posting it first. So, all of our fans watch all of us. So, you know, they're not going to double question. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, but most. Let's see if someone double questioned you right, guys. Johnny, or not. Are, are we cycling? Because I don't yeah. think I have. I don't think I have any questions that are like specifically for anyone in particular. So I think those are all general. Okay, so yeah, go. Let's uh, go ahead with your first question. Sounds good, and I think this is a strong one to start on. Uh, so the question is: Do you guys hit up flea markets for deals? Uh, and that's uh, Pokazoid Collector. Now, I think I'll give a personal caveat here, guys, that uh, we should also not really take uh, the the Rona into consideration because, of course, we're not at flea markets right now. I mean, I know they're, well, they're, they're open. I'm pretty sure Chris, another person who might have asked questions. There's lots going. of people actually at this. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So you could, I think we could, we should answer and say, like, you can say whether in the current climate you're going to these things. I mean, I think I can blank an answer for myself. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything right now. Like kind of period. So like until everything is good and you, again, you can have all of your political opinions and you can believe it's fake or whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I, all I know is I'm like a, a fat dude with diabetes and, uh, <laughs> and an infant son that I want to see grow up. So just in case, like, what am I losing out on? It, it really isn't freedom. People think it's freedom and it, it's not. I'm fine. I'm also, uh, despite this podcast, fine being an introvert, fine staying at home playing games and, uh, you know, hanging out with my, my wife and child. So I don't care. Like, I'm not condemning anyone for believing anything. I don't, I just don't care. That's just personally what I'm doing. And for that reason. So that's my blanket answer to, am I going anywhere or doing anything? Nope. I mean, I want to be going out to my local game stores and just buying everything because prices are crazy and like new variants pop up that all of a sudden are worth 10 times what the other variants worth. 
Uh, in terms of just going to flea markets, I think the last time I went to a flea market was probably five years ago, and I found a poor condition cart of Devilish on the Genesis and a completely empty Sega Genesis console box for five bucks, and that was it. Uh, I just, like, when I was going in the mid-2000s, like, I would go and I would come back with, like, a suitcase full of video games that cost me nothing, and that obviously doesn't happen at all anymore now. And because I have the experience of going to flea markets 15 years ago, and it was like uh, like being a kid in a candy store compared to now, it just is so depressing every time I go to a flea market now. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I think it's, I mean, for one, I don't think in a general sense, unless I get incredibly lucky, that I will find much of what I'm currently focused on at a flea market. But even if I was, um, I... I think I've, I've talked about this before, maybe even on a, a, a different mailbag, but I, I value an hour of my time so highly that I feel like unless I'm like pulling in chrono triggers out of baby clothes every 10 minutes that I'm not I'm not uh, really utilizing my time very well. Um, and then as far as the current climate. Uh, similar to Johnny, you know, I am, I am not high risk, but I am a surviving parent. Uh, and I sort of refuse to orphan my daughter to the best of my ability. So even though I am not high risk, I am treating myself as if I am. Uh, so yeah, I, I generally don't, I'm not, I'm not out there hitting the flea markets, but, but yeah, I think it's, it, it becomes a, it becomes a question of, how how valuable you find personally a you know a segment of your time and whether or not you feel like you can uh, do well enough at a flea market to kind of have it pay for itself. Yeah. So the other thing about that, and I'll and this will incorporate some of what you do as well, Stefan. Um, the area we live in, we get like kind of a lot of different little like video game pop-up convention so to speak that happen in our area we get like three or four so stefan and i when when things are not coronavirus shutdowns we go to those sometimes and but like stefan said we both value our time a lot so i'm going there not specifically looking for deals or hoping i find something i'm going to see people i know uh people i like I, there's a social aspect. Like usually, Stefan and I go together, so it's like we get to hang out, walk around, talk, see other people we like and know. So it, it's part of our social scene to go do some of that. And there's also a place, Frankincense, where I'll, I'll go do the same thing. But usually, I go as an event with, uh, you know, a friend like Stefan. I don't go for the hustle. You know, I'm not there like, man, got to get them deals. Like, let's dig through them ben, bins and like find some gold. That that's not that's not where I'm going. Like if, like Stefan said, if I'm specifically looking for something, I'm just usually going to go to eBay um, because my time is more valuable than hoping one day I'll find it in the wild. Yeah, and honestly, like I'm, I feel like uh, flea markets are kind of like a, a young man's game, quote unquote, right? Where like I just I, I don't I'm not hungry enough to be the guy out there at like four in the morning waiting for the estate sale to open. Right. So like I am happy to then like, you know, have have the 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 young dude who does want to be like out there doing that. I'm happy to buy games from that guy, you know, right. And and like, you know, sleep in or like spend time with my daughter. Um, you know, it just the, that that 
exchange of their time for my money is 100% worth it to me. Yes, I mean, and that that varies for me uh, mostly. Like, at at different points in my life, and like you said, I've been hungrier uh, and I've had less capital you know, less money in my pocket. So yep. I had, if I wanted stuff, I had to go out there and I had to hustle. That's been my whole life. You know, I hustled hard when I was younger, so I have to hustle less now. Uh, you know, went and made sure I went and did, I made other life choices and knew I was missing out by like going to more school and like trying to get uh, a better education rather than commit to those kinds of things. Not that, you know, uh, that's what everyone has. Some people I know who are highly educated just love that hustle. I don't love the hustle either. That's the other thing. I don't love that. That's not fun for me. So, yeah, you know, I, that's stressful to me. I would rather just not. To also to kind of piggyback off what you said about the hustle, like I, I feel like I put my hustle into like my social presence, and this is actually something that I've talked about on my uh, my microcast about basically social strategies is that you know there's the while putting yourself out there is a double-edged sword because you know it's you you are having to spend the time and you know yes people like know what you have and if that makes you uncomfortable then that's a thing but in exchange for that like people people who have the things that I want know to come to me and and while that doesn't happen 100% of the time it does happen more often than zero so like that's another reason why I'm sort of demotivated to go hunting quote unquote because I know I've sort of I've put my hustle and my effort and my you know blood sweat and tears into uh, positioning myself in in such a way that that people are more likely to come to me with things um and that's just that's that's a, a trade off again that I'm just willing to I'm I'm happy to 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 make. Yeah, and uh, Seth and I are just going to keep talking and leave Tyler over here on the left. Hey, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like one of the other things. My hustle now, like, usually re- revolves around research. I want to learn about something, and then like, when then when I like, if I find a variant or something I want or something weird, I have that knowledge. So then I know about that thing, and then I can go get it. And that that's the hustle, right? Like. I've learned about a thing that most people don't know about. Now I can go exploit my knowledge and go grab it. Yeah, thing. and you're never going to find that at a flea market. That's the thing. Like, oh, I got to right. set up a safe search. Yeah. Maybe one will show up this year. Right. So that that's like more of where my hustle lives now. And it's because I, I really enjoy the research. That's what I'm saying. Some people love the hustle. They want to go out there. They love the rush of a deal. I don't love the rush of a deal. I love the rush of finding out something new. And I, you know, which is kind of why there's a podcast. I like to find things out. I like to share my information with people. I like to try and teach people as well. So um, that's really where, and that's just like a personal choice. Again, not one's worse or better than the other. I'm not like, well, I'm over here collecting knowledge while you piss on down there in the dumps digging through (laughs) baby clothes. I'm not smelling like diapers today. Thank you. That's not true because I definitely am smelling like diapers because I have an infant son who shits nonstop. Um, seems like anyways. Uh, and, so yeah, I smell like baby cream all day. <laughs> and if you are, I mean, and, and certainly it's not saying that like, oh, like flea markets are dead or not worthwhile. It's just like if you, it's it just, it's, it's depending on what you're out there for. Like if you do still love the hunt, if you are like crazy about, you know, uh, you know, if you do enjoy getting out there and 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 enjoy it for just the the enjoyment of being out there, then then great. Or if you are a collector that has sort of earlier in their quote unquote collecting career, and West, it, if you will. and it and it's a 
quest, if you will, yes, if it is more likely that you finding anything would be a benefit to you, then great, be out there. Like if, you know, hey, that like, I didn't have a CIB copy of Jeopardy, then if that's like, if you're there, then great, this. Then there's there's definitely people out there who could benefit from being in that, you know, in the in the in the flea market scene um it's just that i think the the longer the longer that you do it and by do what i mean just being in this hobby um the less you need right and the less worth it it feels to like be out there and then maybe finding commons or maybe finding nothing uh, right and then you then then you do get back into that like well how how valuable do i find my time you know so that's all I'm saying is that that there's definitely a, a reason to be out there. It just depends on the person. I don't know. It sounds like Stefan is saying that we don't need to go out to the flea markets because we on the Collector's Quest already have everything. <laughs> we have all the things you want. Suck it. <laughs> Top hat Stefan here. Oh, I'm not out there collecting with you babies. I'm over here collecting the artwork and you won't find that at a flea market. No. Oh man! But if someone did, that's all it would take. If like one person found like a piece of art at a flea market, I'd be out there. Oh <laughs> you could you could get him, guys. Make that lie happen. All right, um, <laughs> Stefan, let, let's do your your next one because I think it's a slam dunk easy one, and I'm sure Tyler will disagree. Is <laughs> it uh, Mario? Like like people on the East Coast who are wrong say, or Mario? <laughs> it is it is Mario, and people Mario. on the East Coast are wrong. No, I grew Mario. I grew up saying Mario, and I don't know why I changed it to Mario. I mean, I probably because you, uh, it just because, because I realized, you realized the error of your ways. Yeah, but like my whole family, if they said it, they would all say Mario. Yeah, incorrect. Uh, it's like people on the East Coast are like they fight with me. They're like, "It's Nevada," and I'm like, "It's Nevada." No, it's Nevada. We have no idea. You, are you kidding me? I the people who there. have like strong opinions on that have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I lived there. I lived in the populace. I know what we called the state I lived in. Give me a break. <sighs> but Mario is canonized. Like Nintendo says Mario. The end. Yeah. I don't understand like how it's a like it's in the games. It's a me yeah, Mario. Like, so I don't. Yeah. It's a me Mario. Mario calls himself Mario. That's like you bitches who call me Steven, even though I correct you. It's Stefan. If you continue knowingly to call me Steven, then you're just an ass. I have I have Stefan PH friends and Stephen PH friends and literally every time I say your name Stefan it f***s me up because I have to try to think of which one you are. Look, it's I all mean, about the really, E-N or the A-N. The, the question, like I don't know how people get that wrong. I'm wondering how they don't get. Is it Stefan or Stefan? That's the real question. Yeah, that's that's a more legitimate question. That uh, is a good question, John. And usually, all I just right, say let's it move on, on whether or not you're European. Next question. Yeah. Uh, which system okay. is next to see its price going insane from the gaming all of them. file? All of them. I disagree over. that it's all of them. You think Game <laughs> Boy Color is going to go insane? It already did. Yeah, so that's, I think, the, the, <laughs> I don't the even question know. is, what, what is, uh, is not already on fire and right, what would that's be the an easier very next question. thing to be? Sega Pico, no. that is not on fire. Go buy it if you're still looking for a deal. I mean, like, are we considering... We to be on fire when it, it, I mean, relatively to its past, yes, you know, $10 a game average is on fire. Okay. But. No, okay, listen. Let's, let's stop talking about prices and let's start talking about percentages. The Wii in March was at 
$7 on average per game. It is now at $11. Okay. Wow. That that's a 50% jump in value of on average of games. Is that on fire? If a system, so, like, but it's already on fire. Now they want us to speculate on the future on the speculators quest. Oh, so like, if things What's the stay next on console fire, that will literally double Johnny. Um, like PS one and PS two are already doing it. I, Xbox, no, whatever, whatever is there. If there's a system that Wada does not currently grade, when they begin to grade it, then they will go. Let's say Turbo. Let's say Turbo. Like once they start grading Turbo games, then that shit is going to be disgusting. That's honestly what I was going to say next as well. Like as soon as you start seeing Turbo games on Heritage, it's over. Yep. So get in those Turbo games. What are Intellivision prices at? Because like someone paid five thousand dollars for an Intellivision Donkey Kong. So Intellivision has wishing. probably the lowest bump of any console's coronavirus, <laughs> but no one cares about Intellivision. I, I honestly don't know. Odyssey 2, let's bump it up. Come on. God, like that's probably up there with Intellivision bump. on the, the least exciting consoles during coronavirus. Yeah, but you know, as soon as as soon as Wada starts starts grading uh, Turbo, you're going to wish you could get your $3,500 cart only uh, Magical Chase. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, so even in television went from like on average, how is how are in television games on average forty four dollars? There must be something weird about that. I mean, it's got or they right. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, anyways, it went from forty four to fifty two according to them, which that seems crazy. In television games are not forty four dollars. I wonder if there's like a title that's just like learning it, fun. Like uh, there's like there's a, a bunch huge of amount of hundred dollar over- games. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this is. I don't know about Intellivision. So I guess I don't know about Intellivision. I get like, did you know Congo Bongo was an expensive game? I love Congo Bongo. It's weird because it puts like Utopia's price at like twelve dollars, and that's like a five dollar sealed game that there's ten million copies of. I don't know. I, I I can't I can't speculate. The next console to go crazy, uh, honestly, is probably just NES. <laughs> if everything is already out of control, then uh, I'm just gonna pick NES to go even more out of control. Yeah, I I think everything is currently out of control, but I think if we're saying, like, what's the next thing to see, like, another big explosion, I think Stefan is right. Whatever WADA starts to grade um, when they release a new, like, case style, um, anything that fits in that case style is going to see the bump. Yeah, and it'll be, it'll be like, an overnight explosion, too. It'll be, you know, because everyone will buy up every f***ing copy of everything they can find sealed of whatever that game, of whatever that console is. Yep. And then nice CIBs. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I think it's less about systems right now. And I think it's more about like nice CIBs are finally uh, riding the high, the high ticket. And there's been a lot of fishy sales going on that I, I don't know if they're real or bullshit sales, but you know, uh, Tyler, what did Castlevania two go for? $2,000 or some nonsense the other day? Complete in box. Because it's hard to find a complete in box of Castlevania two. So so it's worth it to some people to not have to hunt for something like that. You know, Castlevania 2 is is probably the hardest of the Castlevanias to find. Uh, no, get the f*** out of here. To be clear, like, these people are giving this argument a year from when a Contra sold for 2,000 sealed, and people were like, 2,000 sealed for a Contra, and now they're like, Castlevania 2 for $2,000 complete in box. No, it makes total sense. You guys have to understand this new market we're in where complete in box Castlevania <laughs> 2 can have this kind of value. Yeah, so, I uh, again... Wada games, and then like, we, we should like we'll get to the follow up question. When when's the crash? <laughs> Is this the bubble? 
Um, but that's not actually our next question. So, um, when is the the So You Want to Collect Ness episode coming? And that's from Dark Human 007. Uh, yeah, hate to tell you this guy. It came. It's probably out of date. <laughs> I mean, look, whatever we said in that episode is probably still correct. Just times any of the values times five. That's true. <laughs> At least. I'm trying to think of like what we talked about as being interesting in NES. I probably have to go back and listen to that episode because I do want to do a follow-up because we put out that episode and then, what, probably less than a year later was last year and then like now nes is all about condition and variance in terms of prices and we probably were like you should hunt for uncommon stuff pick up a snow bros pick up a chippendale too those are gonna be the cool games that collectors want before we continue talking about this uh, i we didn't we didn't give a non-snarky answer to this question uh we already did a uh so you want to collect nes does anyone have the episode number off the top of their head no off the top of my head what do you think i am I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe, well, oh, when I say perfect. off the top of my head, I really mean, did anyone like, look it up, look it up before it in. the episode? And then now I'm going to let you, let you look smart. But uh, It's probably in the hundreds somewhere, probably around one, I'm going to say 117 to like 125. All right. So That's yeah, my guess. Um, I just wanted to put out the non-snarky answer of we already put one out. You can go look for it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, in the last two years that that episode has come out. So please do check it out. Um, you know, Tyler, I don't know. Like, we probably did mention those, but I thought we were kind of already at the point then where we started saying, you know, condition is going to matter. So start looking for the best condition stuff you can find. Because right? I think we'd already said, like, though we said a lot about there's no hidden gems. Like, the system is very well explored people know about it so i think we had a part where we talked about condition being king specifically for ness tyler since you're editing this you should just put that entire podcast in right here yeah so here's the so you want to collect <laughs> ness episode we'll see you in two hours when we get back to the mailbag <laughs> and then someone's gonna listen to the this? whole thing and they're gonna be like everyone talks about these hang tabs they didn't say the word hang tab in that entire episode <laughs> yeah we we probably didn't right I'm sure we were we were definitely not as as variant heavy as we yeah. would be if we did it today. I you know it, it is an episode that warrants like a a 45 to 30 minute like hey here's an update to that episode you know I still think we need a part two I've had I've literally we, had uh, notes for part two since we recorded that episode and all of my notes are just like it's all these things I thought would be interesting and we just have to scrap the whole thing and do it over now. So is it a part two or is it Reve? Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Rev A does not mean revision. Well, it does, but it's not doesn't mean this code update. Everyone cut it out. Right, Pat it. the NES punk just made this error. I probably brought it, brought it up the last episode. Oh, man. We should do the uh, gloss sticker seal version of the podcast. Yeah, that was the Matt episode. Here's the yep. gloss sticker seal <laughs> episode. Uh so make uh, sure if we're oh. really being serious about it, that was the Famicom episode, and now we'll be doing the NES episode, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that that's the long answer to that very short question. <laughs> Tyler, cut that answer. Uh do you think uh conventions like PGRE will return next year? If so, what will they look like? That's by Cecil Ridge. Reg. Reg. I you know, I, I know I know him and I talk to him, but I always just think Cecil. And now I'm like, there's an R there. I always call them Cecil Edge in my brain, and now I'm seeing an R. 
It's like Soul, so, Soul Edge, but with Cecil's. Yep. So, um, Stefan, this was your question. You want to? Sure. Um, I think conventions are already starting to come back in like a digital form. I mean, just this weekend, there was uh, Uplink, which was the uh, Long Island Retro. Is it just Long Island Retro? Is that the name? Long uh, Island Retro so Gaming Expo, th- I think. Yeah, yeah. So like, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about that physical expo. And like the talent that I know that was like part of this show this weekend was all like, yeah, I heard the like regular show was great, so I'm going to give this a shot. So um, I think a lot of shows are already trying to figure it out, uh, even like g- more general nerd conventions, I think specifically. Like I'm, I've, I've found like conventions, um, like like comic conventions or just like pop culture conventions um, sort of getting on that train earlier than, than we did with the, like trying to do an all digital show. But um, so I do think that we will definitely see a, a larger and larger presence. I don't know that we're going to find an actual physical convention. Uh, and I think, I think that people are just, um, are um, scared to be the first ones. Um, I think, I think the, the first show is probably going to take it on the chin unless it's in a scenario where like the government has come out and been like, oh yeah, everything is great. And we have a vaccine and everyone's herd, herd immunity is here. And like, and we would have to be really, really assured for that first convention to do really well. So I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a scenario where nobody wants to be the first guys out of the gate to take it on the chin. I mean, we're, we're going to get political rallies and more conventions as we ramp up to election time. So that's going to happen and we're going to see how it goes. And I think a lot of that will define how we go in. Like you said, if, if we get a vaccine, um, I also want to just say, remember when I was like, guys, I think we should have like a digital video game convention. I was telling you guys about that back in April when you told me it was a stupid idea and no one would do that. Both you and Tyler said it was stupid. Yeah. And, Cause it sounds uh, like a lot are. of work that I don't want to do. In addition to all the other work I already put into I, my hobbies. I'm just saying you guys said it was stupid and it would never happen. And here we are. So there, I was I right. Just, you were wrong. <laughs> I, I was wrong. Yes, I don't want to put in the work were. to a virtual convention. All right. Um, Another question by Cecil. You want to take that, Stefan? You want to read uh, it off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this one I was actually going to try to point at Tyler because Tyler, I always feel like, um, is like on the on the speculation nation edge. <laughs> uh, and uh, but this is uh, another another question from Cecil, and it's uh, I'm considering purchasing a loose copy of Little Samson. Should I buy one now or should I wait? I have no idea, man. So to give. <laughs> To give a price history the, of little like trembling, the tremble yeah. in his voice, Johnny, he's just so yeah. tired. Uh, he, yeah, he's about to break. He doesn't know if he can handle it. <laughs> From late 2016 to probably the beginning of this year, Little Samson has been solidly like $1,000, sometimes a little bit more. And we now- We had an episode where we talked about how flat it was. Yes. Yeah, we called it like The Rock, like nothing- Yeah. Loose Little Samson, even complete Little Samson does not change that much. Because it's this weird thing where it is uncommon and it is really hyped, but it's not like stadium events rare or max rare or something like that. Now, the last one that was on eBay pretty recently sold for uh, $1,900, which is really high, but also coronavirus. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, You see, now we're in like the, is it the FOMO time to buy something like Little Samson? And I guess given its track record of not, really being affected by a lot of weird stuff in the market 
I don't think that you'd have to worry about it being a $2,000 cartridge and going to like a $3,000 cartridge. So I would say, no, now is not the time to buy Little Samson. Wait for something to happen. Something's got to happen to cool down the market. Like, obviously, there's going to be stuff that shot up in price that's going to stay high. But uh, there's going to be losers once the coronavirus virus panic does calm down. So, But does Little Samson, is Little Samson something that has defied all expectations and not shifted too much when it did finally experience a shift? Its price memory is so strong. Is it ever shifting back down? Like, it, maybe it doesn't shift back down to 1000 but, you know, maybe you can get it for 1500 and not 2000 when you do decide to buy it. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, if, if so, I had, I'll put it this way. If I had $2,000 to spend on NES games, a loose copy of Little Samson is not the thing I would be worried about buying. There's a lot of other NES games, that, like in certain conditions or certain variants, that I think would go up a lot more before a loose copy of Little Samson. Yeah, but because he's, remember, he's not ta- He's not talking about like big gainers and, you know, I know, I know he's not trying to invest in it, but whatever else he buys with that $2,000 instead of a loose copy, little Samson, I think that if he thinks about the kinds of things that he wants in his collection, what his collection goals are, he should put that money into, you know, what he thinks will be the the games that do the worst, the games that go up in price the most, if he's really worried about this kind of thing. And I wouldn't think that a loose copy of little Samson is what's going to do that. Stefan, go ahead. Yeah, so I I, I want to say something, and I want to I want you guys to stop me or like give your input if you if you feel like I'm wrong on this. So when <laughs> when the um the when the heritage slash WADA thing uh, that the phenomenon started to happen and 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 the the high end really started going a lot higher, I said something that I feel that I am now incorrect about, um, and that is. I said that, you know, the high end market is its own lane and it's only going to trickle down so far. And so what I didn't account for was the like genuine scarcity of sealed games. And so now that there is so much more demand on sealed games than there is supply, not only is it jacking the prices up, but it's also like causing people at the high end to give up on certain games and kind of go into the next swim lane which i was not expecting so there's a there's a there's i think the sealed graded community is having a larger sort of trickle down effect than i ever thought possible (laughs) um and so so now i'm like i'm wondering like how soon like so if the the sealed market dries up then like how soon then will like the cib market really start to be impacted and then are we then going to see a significant increase in card only games okay here i'll you stop Stefan because i think he's wrong um good fundamentally the difference between a mint cib and a sealed game is almost nothing it's a cut piece of plastic it's the same object that's everything there a loose game is incomplete, I think, in terms of especially, quote-unquote, investing. There's no desirability to have a loose game. I would rather have a $2,000 Mint Castlevania two than a loose cartridge of Little Samson, if I was uh, thinking about this from a, a speculation, what's going to be the thing to have standpoint. I don't think that that loose games will ever be the thing to have. It's like having a comic that's that's missing the cover, missing a page, I think. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I think I'm with you on that tower, but also I, I think what Stefan says does have some relevance, right? We did talk about, you know, that high end, like they're going to stay there, but the scarcity, but we're also in a perfect storm of coronavirus and people buying up all that stuff. And they're like the FOMO 
I didn't expect FOMO to enact itself this fiercely on the sealed game market. So my question is, where is it going to stop, right? Because they, they've already come down. Like PlayStation 1 was the driest, flattest market there was. And now people are like deep into PS1 sealed games. And you like, you see it in like the high end room. Like lots of people are into their PS1 stuff when no one was talking about PS1. Back in like the Nintendo age, era like when there was a playstation age and god what was it called before playstation age because it got folded into the ages it was an independent site before that mm. i forget no one cared I about playstation before playstation age, <laughs> but no it, it did it was actually doing better and then once it became playstation age, that forum was dead you couldn't get people in there to talk about playstation it was the driest deadest place there was like deader than sega age which is a feat <laughs> unto itself so there was like no activity. It was just a thing that no one cared about. Now, suddenly, people are talking about PS1, and I don't even know how we got here. And a lot of it is based off, uh, you know, high-quality PS1 seals still being available. So they're like reaching out to these markets. But how far down can you go when sealed games before they become garbage? Like, when you start, like, can we pump up Xbox sealed games to put into Heritage and make money? Like, maybe. Okay, PS2 games? Okay, xbox 360 games it's gotta stop at some point so Does and then that, like <laughs> yeah, i mean i think right and then that's why now we're starting to see that trickle over we just talked about with like some of these high prices we're seeing on cib games come up like when mm -hmm. that's converging quicker than i thought like i expected yeah, it to too. branch down a little bit like i expected it to do exactly what it did it's like those sealed people like okay Nest dried up in sealed markets. Look at Super Nintendo. Let's look at PlayStation and Nintendo 64. I expected that kind of, uh, you know, branching to happen. And then, yep. and the people who go, I'm never going to touch N64 and PS1 because those aren't true retro games. I'm going to stick in Nintendo. I expected those people to go CIB. It is happening faster than I anticipated and more simultaneously than I expected. So I, yeah, I'm not I think that sure what it means. I think that's that the velocity of that is what's what what's got me spooked on on like how how deep this trickle down is going to be as well, right? And and that's sort of why I sort of wanted to to say something because yeah, like you said, I, I was not expecting it to have to happen uh, as quickly as it has, and so that velocity also makes me wonder like, okay, is are things going to dry up so much on the high end that it's going to trickle into card only? I don't, I don't think we're going to get into card only. I, I think Tyler's right. Like at that, that point, I think when you get to the point where it's only good for card only, there's only going to be a few select titles that are worth that. And then you just move on to a system where you can still get obtainable CIB stuff. Yeah. Like before you get down to card only, you would have to get to like condition complete in box. And I don't think we're going to get at that point where like the high end collector people don't want the condition complete in box. So they're certainly not going to want card only games. Well, I think the high-end collector people are going to are want, going to want whatever they feel is valuable. So, I think if if shitty condition CIB starts turning a profit, then there's going to be interest there. Well, I, I you know what? It, it's weird because I actually think, and I'm, I'll I'll use action figures for this. Yep. Uh, if you look at like say Star Wars figures, like nice mint on card, you know, uh, you know early Star Wars figures, you know, with the start with Star Wars on the print, not Empire Strikes Back or the Return of the Jedi figures or Power of the Force or any of that. But you look at those nice mint on card ones 
are like the super premium, right? But eventually it has happened over time. Like those are getting so dry and so hard to find. And these are toys where there's a million of them made just like Nintendo games where there's become, uh, and I think partly because of the cases, like nice cases for loose action figures. And it's like not dependent on the card anymore because Star Wars figures were weird. They reprinted all the Star Wars figures when they came out. Like if you were an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure and you were like, even though you weren't really in Empire except as a ghost, the original Obi-Wan figure got printed on the new Empire Strikes Back card. And he also got printed on a Return of the Jedi card and a Power of the Force card, you know, and the Tri-Logo. Like it, all this stuff happened. And now, like, in collecting, there are these nice cases that display the figure very well and, you know, have a grade on them. So if we get to the point, and that displays better than a shitty box, right? So if we get to the point where a nice, loose cart displays better than a shitty in-box one, I think you could see that happen. But I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the casing and the desirability of that. And, like, you know, once... There's going to be a price separation point too. That's the other thing. Like that is going to be too high end. So you're not going to jump in and be like, well, I guess I'll buy boxes. Like if you're new into the collecting and you want like if graded more, if grading becomes more of the norm, you're not going to jump in. And like, if you can't get that high end stuff, but you might jump in at, at graded carts and like draw that line for yourself. So it's kind of the way people drew the line for themselves in collecting games before grading and everything, and some people said, I'm collecting CIB, and other people said, I'm fine with just card only. I think that line could definitely be drawn into graded games as it becomes more of the norm, and especially as uh, it becomes more of the, like, I can confirm this is real, and because pe people are so worried about repros, and as repros get better, I think, you know, when you can get it, something, you if you're going to spend something for nostalgia only, you know, having a nice grade on it and guaranteed that it's real and it's all authenticated, you know, will mean more. And I, I think that could start to happen more than like CIB games. You have a uh, darker view of the future than I do, where people are grading loose cartridges to authenticate that they're real. And they think that's an interesting collectible to have, but that's fine. Uh, I do just want to say, um, even in Johnny's uh, dark future, where we all have a bunch of, uh, we have our, our full NES sets that are all water created 600 whatever cartridges. Uh, even in that future, it will not be worth owning a loose Sega Genesis game. So if you own loose Sega Genesis games, please turn this podcast off right now. Yeah. Don't collect card only Genesis games. I know we had a listener say, I guess I'm a monster. And he like said, it as kind of a joke. No, you're a monster, dude. <laughs> All right, like, uh, did we answer that question? Yeah, yeah, I think we I did. don't know if and we No, did. I, you're not like a real-life monster, but like, come on, man. Step up your game and just buy some boxes. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so these are my questions. Um, and this is by uh, Strange, Strange Purse. I, am I saying that right? I'm not sure. Which is the most interesting handheld system to collect for? How do you feel about that, Stefan? Well, let's go Stefan. Mm, interesting yeah interesting i mean i i think i think collecting loose game boy is is fun and like still relatively inexpensive so from that perspective like from a collecting perspective i find that interesting but like as far as like interesting yeah that's my answer because i don't like i was gonna say is there a more like interesting like no, library or something no, like that's, that i don't know you've, i don't know you've that there given is. your caveats yeah uh, you're incorrect, but uh, that's fine. 
Uh, no, that's a fine answer. Uh, Tyler? Johnny shows me probably GBA games more than any other system that I've never seen before that have some weird pack-in or some weird variant or just something weird about them. And it seems like you could dive into an endless rabbit hole because there's like, what, 2,000 uh, GBA games? Except no, like that the, the thing is, all the GBA games are like stupid children's licensed games that... While they have a cool variant, I can't care about the game itself. So the only answer to this question, the only answer to this question is the original Game Boy. Um, There's also these weird people that go like, there's like a small, small handful of people that go super deep into Game Gear, and they think it's the coolest ever because there's like three Game Gear games that just never come up, even complete in box. So getting a a a complete in box Game Gear set is like this huge badge of honor. Game Gear because it ruined my childhood. Original Game Boy. So Game Gear is a garbage system. Just so you guys know, there's a few good games for it. The game boxes, but like from a collecting standpoint, like the cardboard hang tabs on top, like if you hate Genesis hang tabs on top of the box, wait until you get these hang tabs that sit on top of Game Gear boxes. Like, do you buy a case that fits the hang tab so it can sit there and then flop around? Then your game is kind of loose and like if it tilts upside down, it's smashing into it. Like if you've got it in a box or do you fold the tab down and risk damage it? Game Gear is the worst. The boxes are terrible. The insert is terrible. It's like a, you know, did you get school lunch? Did either of you guys have this at school lunch where you got something they embarrassingly called a chalupa? Uh, And it like sat in a weird tray. I guess like kind of pizza came in the same tray uh, when you got school lunch pizza. But the chalupa very specifically came in this like rounded kind of uh, ovoid, like near ovoid shape dish which kind of rounded up at the sides and this like thing with a horrible corn tortilla and just like cheese and like beef was on and they called it a chalupa that tray every time i see a game gear box is that's what that tray looks like is a school lunch chalupa tray that's what i think of every time it's another reason game gear sucks um game gear is a hard system to collect for just in general not uh, knowing what are the right boxes? What's European? What's not? Are you going to go for all the European stuff too? It's interesting in that regard that it's hard to collect for. Game Boy, also very hard to collect for. Original, that is, like complete in box. So if you are interested in like that journey, there's not that many of them. But uh, it's expensive and you have to wait. So sometimes that holds people's interest. Game Boy Color is like not very well invested. It's like... 8-bit bad Nintendo games, kind of like bad ports and stuff. Don't love it. GBA is the most interesting portable system to collect for right now, I think. Like, it it has... Tyler says it's got a bunch of kid games, I guess. But it also feels like the Super Nintendo Part 2, because all these... And, like, Genesis, all these awesome 16-bit era games are Mm -hmm. on there. And my core... The core of my being lives in the 16-bit era when it comes to retro gaming. Yeah, so uh, you get to basically recollect your favorite console. Yeah, exactly. So for <laughs> me, that that makes it interesting. Also, you guys know I love like weird variants and looking up that stuff. So and like a that, new that, GBA game was like technically found like last year. So yeah, that's like, pretty interesting. What? the The system isn't well fleshed out too. Like people don't know. There's crazy stuff I learn from a bunch of people all the time about GBA. So. Uh, like coffee with Mr. Saturn is a good person to talk to about GBA. There's some other guys too. Oh man, I got another good guy and I forget his name, but he always 
direct messages me. I'll have to look through. But yeah, there's some like like some of the European stuff is really interesting too. Also, I find the way GBA stuff was like released into the market interesting. I think it's an interesting system from a lot of different weird standpoints. I think quality of the games can be pretty high, especially on the good stuff. Uh, like I want to play some GBA games. I don't really want to play any Game Boy games. I don't really want to play any Game 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 Boy Color or Game Gear games. So like. Those are all the reasons why I think GBA is the most interesting portable system to collect for. Tyler, have you told the story of how Game Gear ruined your childhood? I am 100% sure. Just real quick, in case we have new listeners, my parents got me a Game Boy for Christmas, exactly what I asked asked for. It came with Kirby's Dream Land, which was my favorite NES game at the time. I didn't have an NES. I only played uh, Kirby's Adventure at my friend's house. I turned it on. They saw it was black and white. They took it out of my hands against my will, said they have a color one at the store. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. No, they returned it and got me a Game Gear. Um, wow. And then I, w- I had to sit w- with an AC adapter on the floor of my room playing Game Gear games for some reason. Game Gear was horrible. And that's, that's my story. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yes. I'm, you know what, Tyler? I'm glad that your childhood consisted in a like lived in a time frame where parents still didn't respect children and didn't ask for their insight or opinion because that's how i lived too but people tell me now i'm supposed to like ask my son's opinions on things and get gauge his feelings so i'm glad none of yours were taken in and it just kind of shows that it it is abuse and uh it did ruin you for life so maybe i'll take that as a parenting tip the other way honestly that moment in history is proud it probably was one of the many little cracks in my life that led me to become a crazy collector who buys all these nintendo games so yeah this is kind of my mom's fault that i'm in this situation tyler's mom who i know is listening why did you do this why'd you do this to tige uh, Tish didn't need that. Oh, I give her shit about it all the time, but then I tell her she made up for it because it was a a big hassle to get Ocarina of Time that Christmas when she got it for me. So she do they up own it. up to it or do they like retcon it that most parents like that didn't happen? Oh no, she she I owns up. I don't to, remember to it that. that way. But then she says like, ah, oh, but I got you that Ocarina of Time. It was so hard to get that Zelda, TJ. All right, See. all right, mom. Thanks, mom. She- I love Ocarina of Time so much. <laughs> it is your favorite game. It is. So. I mean, she kind of did win there for you. All right. Um, this is from, we have two questions from Maticus 909. And uh, so in today's current market trends, what do you guys think uh, will stay, stay when the storm calms? Like scalper prices, sealed games, more popular games, staying at the high end prices, etc. So like he's saying right now, like everything is on fire and like hit this peak. So what, what will retain uh, price memory when you, when this goes away. What do you believe? I mean, you could answer both, but what do you believe he is referring to when he says the storm? Is that the coronavirus or is that well, the quote unquote bubble? I mean, all of it. So, like, you have the coronavirus thing going on, you have the Herited Auctions, WADA, the new grading, comic book people. This is like the perfect storm of things happening all at once that are adversely like being injected into a marketplace that didn't have this kind of volatility. So now you have a super volatile market all of a sudden, uh, but volatile only in one way going straight up. So nothing like we aren't seeing bubbles burst or anything yet. So I think he's saying like, that's going to stop. Things are going to calm down, but what, what isn't going to happen? Like what, 
what what isn't going to hit that floor anymore? Like what's going to stay high? Does anyone want to tackle that? You want me to go first? Yeah. So I think so. I think I can answer this just by saying what I feel like is going to tank, um, and that is so. Right now, I think there's a, a lot of things that are that are skyrocketing due to lack of education, and over a time period, like that knowledge gap for the high end collectors is going to shrink just because by virtue of time, I think that they will then be educated or the fact that we're out here shaming them for their $9,000 Spider-Mans is eventually kind of going to uh, ring true. And so when you do have a knowledgeable, deep pocketed community, I think you are the things that are not um, culturally, re- culturally relevant and common I think those are going to shoot through the floor. So you're not going to have these like super, super expensive, um, uh, like sealed graded, like copies of, I don't know, I don't know why I keep saying Jeopardy, but Jeopardy. Um, Those aren't going to stay high because you will then have a more educated high end community. I think, I think the education piece or, uh, another thing that could factor into that would be like when WADA eventually releases a census that could also factor in some of the titles that have a much higher population than people are dreaming of. Um, I don't know. Ninja Turtles is probably going to be one of those. <laughs> um, I think those are going to drop um, for similar reasons as well. So so the things the things that are culturally relevant and rare are going to be the ones that are just going to stay astronomical. All right, Tyler, anything to add to that? I don't know what's going to stay astronomical, but I just know that it Atari and Intellivision games sure aren't going to maintain the prices some of them have been selling for. Uh, other than that, I don't want to give any predictions because of uh, how astoundingly jaw-droppingly wrong uh, this entire We've podcast was time. about coronavirus. So that's it. You know, I felt like that advice was really solid. Who would know that in the face of huge economic downswings... You know, millions and millions of layoffs, unemployment at the highest rate since the Great Depression, that prices on games, a collectible, which would just keep continuing to rise, (laughs) that defies all logic. I mean, if you told me silver and gold are going to go up, I'd be like, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Precious metals, commodities, things like that. If you told me, hey, guess what? Game's going to be way up. Oil's going to be way down. I would be like, really? During during lists, I mean, I guess people aren't using as much oil. Like, maybe that makes sense. But games, I guess people play some, but way up all the time. No, yeah, it's very confusing. I, also, I don't think I want to. I don't think I'm comfortable with the idea of not giving my opinion on something just because I'm scared of being wrong later. No, um, I mean, which is sort of why I addressed not. the whole swim lane thing earlier, right? That I had said you know, many months ago now, you know, that I, that I feel like I was wrong on that and that I just, I corrected it today and now I can move on with my life. Look, if you listen to any of the detractors of our podcast, they will tell you we are frequently wrong and we're still out here giving opinions. So I don't think we have to worry about that. I mean, I've been told we are wrong nonstop. So, you know, that's fine. We, I mean, we had a whole episode dedicated to being wrong when the one Tyler is referring to, and we're still out here giving <laughs> no, opinions. No, Tyler. So think the Game Gear okay. didn't ruin your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the one thing to say, though, is like 
there, there will be fluctuation up and down. I'm not sure what stuff isn't coming back down, but price memory is a tricky thing, right? Once people get it in their head that something is worth this much or they're invested in it, you know, and if they're not being forced due to economic pressure to sell stuff off, that like it may come down as stuff goes into the market, but it won't come all the way back down. So be very careful about that. And you know, so. if your stuff is like not very expensive to begin with, like uh, the original F zero for SNES went from thirty dollars to fifty dollars. Uh, fifty dollars is not very expensive, and that's a very popular first party Nintendo franchise. So that's what I would just wouldn't expect cheap stuff to come back down anyway. Like all those eight dollar no. games that are now twelve dollars on PS two, it's probably just going to stay that way now. Yeah, like a, a lot of these games. Like what this proved too, and like what's going to embed itself in people too, uh, you know, as the hobby grows, is people aren't going to want to give up the games that they played and loved because that used to just be part of the cycle. You know, people just played, purged when a new system came out, play and purge, play and purge, and now they're like, oh no, I I think I should keep this stuff now. Um, as more of that mentality trickles into like non-hardcore collectors, you know, I think it'll be harder to pry stuff out of people's hands. So. What we um, got to do, we got to hope that Gen Z becomes this like post-consumer generation where they don't want to own any possessions. They just want to travel around with like a MacBook. So they just immediately get rid of all their game. Well, they're probably just going to well, buy them digitally then because yeah, we're already in the apocalypse. They're already supposed to be doing that. And, um, you know, we could go on the whole, we, we already go down Johnny's darkest timeline where um, how you're how uh the market is creating a, a zone where people don't own anything and we create a a series of uh traps for all humans so you basically become an indentured servant with no property and no liquidity and you are uh live or die by your subscriptions and then you, it can all be taken away from you do we want to go into the darkest timeline let me tell you guys about Xbox Game Pass. I think it's just such yeah. a good service, but I don't know how to promote it without just sounding like a total douchebag. Yeah. That actually kind of messed me up this weekend. Um, uh, Kate's son is really into Transformers, and I was like, "Well, I know that's on the I know that's on the App Store or the App Store. Uh, I know that's on like the the PlayStation Network, right?" So I jump on, and apparently at some point I don't know when it happened, but like Activision's uh, deal with Hasbro ended and so like the ports for all the like good transformer games on the ps3 uh that they ported to ps4 um don't exist anymore they're just gone and then of course i was like okay well they got to be backwards compatible right nope they're not you cannot play the good transformers games on uh that were on ps3 and xbox 360 you can't uh play them on on current gen on both those platforms they are not um they are not backwards compatible. So I spent three hours of my time trying to make these games work. And it turns out I just disappointed a seven-year-old. So, you know, that wow. so to go. yeah, good job. Way to suck. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> this is your fault. Okay. Moving on. Reno, the collector asks us, Hey, what is your biggest collecting regret? Tyler, I'm going to ask you first. Cause I know what your answer is. Go ahead. Oh, damn. What's my answer? No, tell me. You're your biggest collection regret is not buying everything already because damn it, coronavirus and I mean, everything yes. that's happening. That That is the realistic answer. I could give a list of things that I, I wish I bought. Um, to give an answer that's not just, I wish I bought more. I wish I bought... I wish I had set better goals like immediately when I started collecting. Um, just to give Ooh, an example. Good tip right? from the Collector's Quest podcast that we always say, set goals. Huh? So... Uh, what I'm doing now, which I've been hassling Johnny about constantly is, uh, 
I'm going and I'm really firming up my spreadsheet uh, Sega Genesis variants. And in the process of doing that, I'm realizing like, oh, damn it, I have this ballistic variant when really I want the Accolade variant because that's the licensed one. And I really just want to have the licensed Genesis set. Or like I have this cardboard box variant and there's three cardboard box variants and one clamshell variant. It's like, oh, I really want the clamshell for that game. If I had done all of this work before I started collecting Sega Genesis, I wouldn't have wasted all my money on the wrong variants for like a hundred different games. And also obviously in terms of setting goals, I go on eBay and I find something shiny and I click buy it now all the time. And if I took all of those things that I bought that I didn't really need, I could have bought more stuff that I really wanted. So goal collecting will be my, uh, my biggest regret is that I didn't do that better. Nice. All right. So that's, that was also what I knew Tyler would say. Uh, and I love that, like, like some of the earliest advice that I ever gave on a blog or this podcast was like, set goals for yourself. Don't do this thing. And then Tyler was just going to come in and reiterate that. So yeah. Happy to back you up, Johnny. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Stefan, what about you? Uh, you got a big regret? Yeah. I'm going to tell a story that I've never told. Ooh. Oh, shit. okay. You guys yeah. have never heard this either. All right. Okay. So when I am telling my story about retro collecting and like when I started and that kind of thing, I always cite uh, when Heather, my late wife, got sick when she first was diagnosed with cancer, which was in 2015. It's just a very clean, like event driven thing that I can point to and be like, yeah, that's when I started collecting games. That is it's good actually, for magazine interviews, right? And you can right. Just, yeah, okay. It's, it's actually not true. So way back in 2007, and I know it was 2007 because I was working at Disney and we were working on the ill-fated Prince Caspian game. Uh, me and a friend who I worked with were just like effing around online and we're just like, you know what? Like, I don't know who thought of it. It was probably him. Probably wasn't me. But he was like, you know, I wonder if anyone has like collected all the Super Nintendo games. And and neither of us were like game collectors, so like we had no no idea. And and we're just like, "Huh, I wonder if that's a thing." And then like just sitting in over the like a course of a lunch conversation, we're like, "You know, like I wonder if you could put one together and just like flip it as a set. Like it, that seems like that would be like a fun thing to try to do." So, we decided that jointly we were going to collect uh, a set of Super Nintendo games, just loose and, and just try to, to flip them in line. And 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 for some context <laughs> at the time... collect the full set just to flip it? That's such a... Yeah, just to see if we can make a profit. It seemed like an interesting thing to do. So um, I was... Like, he was a QA tester, and I was, like, a lead at the time, so, like, my income was a little bit stronger. And so um, we started putting this thing together, and it just turned out to be really complicated because, uh, like, I was able to put more money into it and it just wasn't a good idea to do it you know for both of us to do it no this sounds like a terrible idea it was really a bad idea <laughs> and so uh it ended up we ended up getting like probably 400 games in but like we had like this was at the at a point too where like i think the most expensive card only game that we could find at the time was ninja gaiden trilogy and it was doing like a hundred bucks maybe a, like 120 and and so it is we we as because we couldn't like figure out how to do this thing together we decided to just sell it all off and you know which today would be like pennies on the dollar to whatever we you know it was a fine fine investment for whatever things were uh you know trading for in in 2007 money but um but had i held on to those 3 or 400 super nintendo games like in retrospect i would have done 
quite a bit better uh, than I did when we sold them off. So um, so it makes me sad that um, that I uh, that I sold off those three or four hundred Super Nintendo games that I should have kept. Uh, that's that's my biggest sort of retro collecting regret. So there's, but that that's also my my exposure story for the podcast. That I didn't really start collecting uh, in 2015. There it was a period in 2007, which I also was where, buying where a lot of games and reseller. then, and then yeah. sold them off. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's a great story, Steph, and that really explains why your collection is so shitty now because you sold off all those games back then, and now you have basically <laughs> nothing. That's right. <laughs> Basically nothing. Yeah, see, it just goes to prove it's just stuff. You can get it all back if you're really dedicated. To also, this is very interesting because uh, when I think Stefan and collecting retail video games, I think of him uh, buying an entire set all at once. And it's interesting to know that his philosophy in 2007 was someone probably wants to buy all the games all at once, right? It really explains a yeah. lot. That's right. Yeah, he didn't know he was his own best customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also probably making fifteen dollars an hour then. True. So, uh, but it was two thousand seven. So, hey, I was right there with you. I was working at Burger King in two thousand seven. Still had to collect games. Uh, Stefan, just quick question about that. Um, did you have SOS? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> I, I did indeed. Make sure. That's yeah. a that's a throwback to other. If you're a longtime listener, you'll get the reference. All right. I had I had Arrow Fighters. Like I did years later, I went back because I found I found the images that I took on on my old photo bucket account. Um, I found all of the images that I'd taken for the listings when I resold everything, and it was just, it made me very very sad. I had a lot of the like quote unquote heavy hitters from that you set. Look, you know what's gross? I looked up your f- uh, photo bucket account once, and I did not like anything I saw there. I did not expect nudes. That was, that was a weird <laughs> thing. I, I, you're right. I should have. I was just cyber stalking you and I was like, whoa, I did not expect to see his head there or that there. There was a lot of stuff that was grossing me out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. They, that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's all like, Ninja, Ninja Turtles and Dick. Well, it, well, it was Ninja Turtles, Dick, and <laughs> Gak, which I didn't understand <laughs> what the Gak was for. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, uh, that is my big that is my big retro regret. Okay, that's a good one. That that was yeah. we you had actually told me that a long time ago, uh, but you hadn't told this on the podcast, so that's a good one to share. My biggest guys, do I have a regret that I talk about? That's like a real regret because I don't I don't really regret things, um, and that's not because I'm like a human without regret and I I move along. But I you know if I sell something, a part with something, or like miss out on a deal, I I might go oh that stinks for a little bit, but I. All this stuff is just stuff, so I believe I'll either be able to get it again, or, or you know, something else will happen. Like right now, I'm, um, I guess I regret not talking to VG Collectaholic more first because we seem to bid on the same thing, and I'm, and usually, uh, because my philosophy is I'll get it later. I usually back off after I after I hit my like decided price point. I don't like usually force a bid, so I know I've cost him money, and I regret that. Johnny, I know that you, uh, you know, we, we've talked offline a little bit about your kind of discontent with some areas of this hobby. Like, can you pull a regret out of that, maybe? Uh, I mean, that that's like an existential regret for the state of the hobby, rather than like a personal regret. Like, sure. I regret that the hobby is the way it is. Um, I regret that... You know, the, and, and, it's I, and like, it wasn't like yeah. trying to put you on the spot and talk about no, this. I just thought, like, thought it would be I, a good primer. It, it's fine. Like, 
I, I like because I, I feel like I'm going to get all preachy and high horsey. And I, you know, I hate when I get like that, uh, though it happens frequently. <laughs> I regret. Yeah, I regret. That's something I regret. I regret how shitty I am sometimes uh, to my co-hosts and to our audience with my, uh, you know, righteous mind out there voicing my opinion. I regret the state of the hobby in general. I regret that it's gotten to a point where people feel like they can't enjoy it anymore, that it's priced people out. Yeah, of course I regret that. Um, so like, that's a big regret just to see where, where things have gone, that people care more about the sealed stuff. I don't regret that the hobby is like necessarily expensive, but I regret that some of the people in it don't love games. You know, they love money. Like I've always regretted that aspect of it. Like I don't care about people. If you want to make money and like, you're going to look for a thing. Um, but I love it when like, um, We'll use Joan, Joan Bone, uh, Jonas as an example. He gets brought up frequently. Notable guy who doesn't care about video games. No, no, no. <laughs> he like he. Joking. No, that's my thing. He's an investor, right? He'll tell you he invests, and like he gets pretty like aggressive about it. Like he's flipping stuff or willing to make money on his hobby, and that's fine. Like I am good with that. But I also know he loves video games, right? So I look at that and go like, well, I guess you know he's finding his hobby. Um, like even rare Bucky to a point, like I used to like look at rare Bucky stuff and be like, is this guy an ass or like, what is he doing? But now like rare Bucky's prices just seem normal. Um, <laughs> so that's weird. Uh, you know, I regret the people who are just in it and don't know about it. And just like this game, like every time I see a Facebook post of an S one Oh one or like things like that, I regret that we got to that point where, uh, all like where people got to the point where it looked like just like the investment opportunity was too good to pass up and you know they could just come in here and take advantage of people that's what i that's what i regret that we got to that point that people who don't care about the hobby are making money on the hobby like if you love games and you're making money okay you love games but like if you love money and you just came here for game because games make money i don't like that i regret that we got there is that fair is that is fair I mean, it's fair. Can you regret something that's not your fault? It's no, regrettable. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of how the English language yeah, works. Yeah, right that's now. what I'm saying. Yeah, it is a. I find it to be a regrettable place that the video game hobby has got to. Uh, in part, I think I've like I can say I've probably contributed to some of that. I guess. I mean, not personally. Like I don't buy games and flip them like that. I'm a hoarder. Uh, not really a hoarder, but you know, I, I buy games. I don't really sell them. So yeah, I mean. That's like, an, like I said, more extensional, so I'm going to trip over that word the whole time, mm -hmm. um, but it's outside of me. I don't, you know, it's not, I don't feel any personal regret about that. And uh, again, not to like be like, I don't regret things, but I, I usually try to keep it in my life philosophy that, you know, it's fine when things happen and, you know, that like in the video game front, there's not like missing out on a game like. I don't care if I missed out if a stadium event sold for a dollar tomorrow I and I just barely missed it or something. I would be like, ooh, but I'm not going to sit around in my life and be like, that was this one time a stadium event sold for a dollar and I missed it by five minutes. That was the worst day of my life. Like, that's just not how I operate. Johnny, in 2004, you could have bought a stadium events for $250. I, I look, I, there was, I've been offered a stadium events more than once at prices that would make me blush today. And, um, you know, but, didn't take it. I thought it was dumb then. I think it's dumb now. I think, I think just, just with every market, you can't, 
you can't beat yourself up about that. Like I always look at the housing market when I'm thinking about this. Like my my parents bought their home when they were pregnant with me at, for like $125,000 and today it's like a $4 million home, but I don't like sit here like wishing I could buy a house in 1981. Like it just I don't know. I just it's useless to think about that. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a waste of time and energy and that I don't have for something like that. Um, all right, let's move on. We spent too much time on that. Here's a quick one and only for Tyler. We this comes from our friend Chris CW2 CWR2. Uh, why doesn't Tyler make more YouTube videos? Because editing and like doing anything on YouTube takes forever. Like, mad respect to YouTube channels that actually put out a daily video or weekly video. What the hell? Well, a lot of them have editors. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know how like, you know YouTube I mean? works. Like, even just, like, if I had a place in my house, I could keep, like, all the, the cameras and the stuff and the lights and all that set up. Like, I have to, like, drag that out every time to make, a like, a stupid retro gem minor video. Like, a three-minute video takes me, like, a solid entire Saturday to make. It's ridiculous. I wish I could just do what Sean does. Uh, reserved investment. Sorry for using the casual name. Where he turns on his iPhone, it looks like crap, it sounds like crap, but he doesn't care because he knows he has... What he thinks is the best info sometimes it's a little weird, but I like listening to him. That's why I don't make more videos. It's hard. And I have to edit this goddamn podcast all the time, too. Totally. I was going to say. That, <laughs> Never that mind. That's my, my whole answer. answer. To that okay. Yeah. To be fair, though, several times we have like offered to basically hire someone to do this for you. And then you're mm. just like, no, I want to do it. I don't think we've ever offered to really not. We need I someone familiar enough with the subject matter. I, I only, I'm the only one I feel comfortable enough allowing to edit the show. And that's exactly what you said the last time this came up. Yep. Okay. okay. Good. That was a quick one. Uh, Bandicoot Bill asks, games you thought were expensive but ended up cheap. Well, you guys have any examples of this in your life where you thought something was going to be expensive but wound up being a cheap game? Like you just got like a fat deal on it? or I don't know. Like maybe just in your head something you thought was expensive. And then when you actually went to go purchase, you're like, oh, it's only this much? Okay, cool. I'll say uh, in the 2000s, when oh. I when I was buying uh, more 90s arcade games, people who aren't in the arcade hobby think arcade games are expensive, and maybe they're more expensive now. Who knows? Video games are crazy. But uh, like an average arcade cabinet is like 300 bucks, or like for a good one, like a Donkey Kong, it would be like maybe 800 bucks, 700 bucks. Uh, so arcade games were not like this multi-thousand dollar things like pinball machines are now. But uh, arcade games, definitely. And I'll even give a recent example, also related to arcades. Uh, I got my new old stock uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. I bought that uh, pretty recently. Uh, definitely, it was in the past couple of years because I was looking up like, oh, what was the what's the actual first print of Super Mario 3 in America? It's like, oh, it came out on Play Choice first. And that, that was only like 200 bucks. So that's just something cool. I thought that would be like some weird expensive thing. I don't know how much Play Choice new old stock is even out there, but... I like having the play choice boxes because having a PCB is stupid. I mean, I've, I've definitely gotten, especially like some sit down arcades. Oh, virtual on virtual on is a good, uh, a good example. So I used to have a, like a twin cockpit sit down virtual on. And I thought that when I decided I wanted that, I thought it was going to be super, super crazy expensive. And then it just turned out to be one of those situations where, um, the guy, I think I paid like $200 for it because I was the one who was willing to come get it, right? So like some of the like really big arcade games, I feel like you can get 
like genuine deals on them when by all rights they should be expensive just because they're taking so much space yeah. and then people just want them gone now right i, I paid 200 dollars like, for my silent scope because silent scope is a complete nonsense cabinet that no one should own yeah or like well, those like those like those twin monitor uh time crisis machines that are just like effing enormous they're like as big like gods are big and uh those like if you go to like an arcade auction or something um they 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 go for like you know a couple hundred bucks because they're so big yeah well i mean that's the problem with arcade machines is they were designed to be a commercial object right and there's an obsolescence to that you know as as time and technology moves on then where do those things go like they're too big for most people like you can't house them, so then it just becomes like if you can, if you can, if you have space for it, you can afford it. Like you can't if you can house it, Johnny. I know a guy who's on on the way to putting six virtual world cockpits into his garage, so you can house it. Oh man, that guy sounds really interesting and and not, handsome. I, not I, really. I, that guy is probably a fucking dummy. Like, did he <laughs> seriously like retrofit his whole? F- garage and spend more money on repairs than these worthless like junk pods that no one cares about he's never oh, yeah, gonna get far. six people in. by far oh, yeah, the, yeah, reno- yeah, the renovation by far was more expensive than the actual Fuck yeah it was so we know you did it for the love not for the money uh and yeah so if you don't know stefan bought these pods and we'll we'll talk look as it comes along more and more on the podcast you'll hear more about we don't need to yeah the end of the month now. is when we're moving into them so like around that time you'll probably hear quite a bit more about it i'm sure there'll be a hundred instagram and twitter posts and nothing right. about the podcast that's right all right um okay for me you know there isn't like too much of this because i always think things are i'm always like i can get that cheap uh that's always my belief even though that's dumb and a lot of times wrong uh, but I will say one game. This was a, a Game Boy or GBA game. I got a uh, an Arrow the Acrobat, which I like, you know, two on the GBA. Like in my mind, Arrow the Acrobat two is like an expensive game. And I think there's just Arrow the Acrobat. But I'm like, oh, man, I bet this is going to be an expensive GBA game because a lot of these dumb ones are like really expensive. And it was like twelve bucks or something. I was like, oh, never mind. There's also a, why is that out there? <laughs> That's like I a fairly obscure game, but on GBA, it's not rare. Yeah, it's not rare. What kids were like, oh, yeah, I got Arrow the Acrobat 2 in the year 2003. This is so cool. You know what is expensive? Altered Beast on GBA. GBA what? is the most Why? interesting yeah. handheld, guys, with yeah, these weird so prices and weird rare games. So uh, another thing is, and we'll, we'll keep it on portables, like think about game boy box games and you're always like man all of these are going to be so expensive because you see the ones that are expensive but then you can get like you know like a casino fun pack and stuff and you're like 10 or 15 dollars you're like there's like this whole slot i mean probably not anymore but as of last year let's say of game boy games that like complete in box were like 20 bucks or less and you're just like oh i could get like a bunch of game boy games if i wanted them in box just to have box game boy games for 20 bucks and it's so hard to collect game boy box games you know because that was the system where definitely all those boxes went in the trash. So to find them, just like complete in box with all their inserts for twenty bucks on on eBay, like shipped, uh, just like you wouldn't expect that. So that's my answer for that. All right, moving on. Jasonic the kid, he says, which of the Game Boy systems? Did you intentionally skip a question? Oh, I didn't. Um, okay. Sorry, sorry. We uh, sorry, Jasonic. We'll get back to you in a second. Uh, 
Corey in in C Hole. Oh, Corey Nicole. That's man. I tried to. I thought it was like something. It's just literally Corey. Nicole. You, you tried it. You out. I, you overthought it. I totally did. And I'm like, oh, that's that. like. I'm like, okay, he's doing some cute letter things to do. Nope, it's actually just Corey Nicole. All right. Uh, what made you guys decide to get into set collecting? Um. Okay, I'll go real quick on this, and I don't know if this will be your same answers. Once upon a time. In video game collecting in like 2007-ish, we'll say, in 2004 through like 2010, you went to this magical place called Nintendo Age. And everyone was like, I can collect a set of Nintendo games. And there was just lists of it. And you're like, oh, and Super Nintendo too. So you're just like, man, these aren't that expensive. I can just buy them all. And then... uh you know, the games got collectible and expensive. So like, it was just kind of this thing like, Oh, you can go get all the Nintendo games. Cause people don't really care about them. So you're just like, I guess I collect sets. Uh, like my, my childhood answer is, you know, if you listen to, uh, my super Nintendo episode, you know, there's a, there was a part of me that said like one day, like just, you know, that childish thought that like, I think every kid has had at some point, like, I just want to have all the games one day. Like, I'm going to have mm-hmm. all these Super Nintendo games. You just watch. You watch, Mom and Dad. I don't care what you did to me. I'm going to get them all. I promise. Like, yeah, it was like one of those kind of moments. I had that. I think lots of kids did. Uh, and I said that about Super Nintendo, and that's like really how I got. And that was like the first system that I said, I want a set for that and the Saturn um, for different reasons. So that, that's my that. answer. I always said that ever, you know, childhood Stefan would like punch me in the face if he discovered that, or at least just not understand uh, that uh, when I eventually did uh, attain that goal of having every game ever made, which at this point, when I had that thought, I do have every game ever made when I was having that thought. Um, and yet I, w- I still play the same like five or 10 retro games. Like he'd, he'd be very angry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have like childhood me who, you know, poor shit, never got, like, anything. You got your game on your birthday and your Christmas. Like, yeah. if you're lucky, you got three or four games a year. If you were lucky, it was four. Like, two is the average. Three was, like, doing a little better. Like, if I told that kid that at one point I averaged buying, you know, <laughs> arriving at my door three games a day for a year, <laughs> that kid would be like, what the f*** are you talking about? You got three or four games a day when that's all we got a year. How many of them are you playing? I'm like, no, like none of them. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean you just play Star Fox? Yeah. No, I like totally (laughs) went back and played Final Fantasy again, though. Yeah. I'm running through Super Mario World right now. But but we already played those. (laughs) Yeah. It turns out they're great. Turns out 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 games just never got better. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Like, turns out video game collecting is bullshit. And there's only like really. 200 games ever created that are worth a f- that you should own. So <laughs> all this other shit is just filler. F- all those, just buy these ones and keep playing them. When yeah, I so when I, I was a kid, if I was talking to childhood me, uh, I didn't like hard games. I thought games were too hard and I was frustrated. I can't beat them. And now we live in this world, like this post challenge world where games are basically movies and you'll never buy a game that you just can't beat unless it's specifically trying to be a game that you can't beat. And I just go back and be like, no, no, you were wrong. Just all the games that were hard, those are the fun games. Like, just go back and play Ninja Gaiden. You suck, kid. Uh, But to answer the question, what was the question? 
why to get into set collecting there was yeah, like no set collecting? there was no other option everything that johnny said of course johnny's answer was good uh but i just i'd go on digipress i'd like i'd need a way to track my nintendo games so i download a checklist of the nes games and what do you do once you have a checklist? You try to check all you the boxes. You get them all. That's like yeah. in the eighties, no everything had a checklist. You bought a pack of car of collector cards. There was always a checklist in there, and you're like, "Well, I got to get all of them." Like, what am I supposed to do with these boxes? Leave them blank? No, I got to get a check in those boxes. That's why they're called check boxes. And yeah, in two thousand five, if you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy my favorite games," and you bought like Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Three, and Blaster Master, <laughs> like. Not that collecting is a contest, but people would look at your collection and be like, what the f*** are you doing? Super Mario Brothers and Blaster Master, get some cool games, kid. Yeah, they're also like, why don't you have at least 200 of them? That's how collecting works. That's yeah. back well, in the I day. Mean, yeah, and because I would go to flea markets and I would just like pick up a pile of games and they'd all be... Also, I got into collecting because virtual console games were $5 and I thought that was f***ing nonsense because I can buy all these Nintendo cartridges for $1 or $2. So every time I bought a game, I felt like I was sticking it to Nintendo. So the more I collected, the more I felt like I was sticking it to Nintendo. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing how that has shifted because now the idea of set collecting is really stupid and don't f- do that and just target those 200 games i was telling you about and then get them all as nice as you possibly can and then get them graded and you'll have a sweet collection that will make you money all right um, uh, i guess i should probably actually answer the question uh it, it is very brief because i tell the story over and over and over and over and over again but i uh i started collecting sets in 2015 when my wife at the time was diagnosed with cancer i needed something to distract me from that and it was just this perfect storm where I was getting out of collecting like toys and and comics, and I was kind of bored with that. And so I had like this piggy bank of a collection to use. Uh, and I and then I had this like horrific thing happening in my life that like I needed a distraction from. So I basically cashed out one collection and started funneling money into uh, the Super Nintendo set. Was my first one, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a very um, a regimented way and new way for me to distract myself from this like horrible. Thing in my life and that's that's how i got into set collecting we call well, it retail what I therapy yep. i heard that you wanted to buy all the super nintendo games to see if someone would buy them all at once <laughs> yeah that's a story that i've told no but like but it, in in earnest when i was started collecting for myself rather than a, oh that, that's just a thing that would be interesting to try um yeah so buying games for myself that's when that happened all right now finally to jsonic the kids questions um so, which of the Game Boy systems do you per- prefer to collect for? Um, I, I prefer you to definitely collect- already answered this. Yeah, GBA. <laughs> yeah, the end. Yeah, I Tyler? answered it too. The original Game Boy. I think there's no wrong answer except yeah. the wrong answer is Game Boy Color because Game Boy Color yeah, is a Game garbage Boy system. Maybe worse than N64 in terms of well, how GB- only the top twenty games matter. GBC or DS? DS, I think, actually has a pretty sweet library. Yeah, DS is awesome. Yeah, but- D- but DS also has a disproportionate. You want to talk about shovelware like that generation of. You know, like I, when, when I was you collect at, it, you don't have to collect every single game though. You could have a sick collection of, of like 150 DS games. Stefan, you are you've been showing the DS a major love late, lately, and now you're going to back away from it. Yeah, did well, it that, score that's you? I mean, no, I was just I was just grabbing some of the stuff that I the playable stuff that I wanted. But I will say, like, like I, I'm sure every 
or a lot of the big publishers have a, a similar story. But when I was at Disney, it was in the DS uh, era. And at that time, we were the number one publisher by SKU for Nintendo at that time because we were just pumping out the DS games. Uh, and they they were not great. Um, so, so yeah, there was a disproportionate amount of shovelware, I think, because they were so, DS was so easy to make and, and publisher, especially publishers that had something like, I don't know, like a television show like Disney did, um, where it would be, you could make, you could make a DS game before that show cycled out. Like Corey in the house, which was a show about a kid who lived in the White House that nobody cared about. Um, you know, we were making we were making DS games for those games. We couldn't have made console games for a lot of those shows because, and it actually happened to me once, where um, the show would get canceled before you would ship your game, and so then this investment and this time investment that you put in uh, is is scrapped because you're not going to um, you're not going to ship a game that um, that you know for a canceled show. And that actually, that actually happened twice to me, once at Disney and once at THQ when we were working on BattleBots and we had the Gold Master and then they canceled the show and we we didn't ship that game. Come on, BattleBots has such a nostalgic feeling to it. Someone would buy the BattleBots game even if it's not on the air. All right. No, I'm so, sure? guys, don't go into the game industry. It sounds super brutal and soul-crushing, especially <laughs> in terms of uh, maybe having your entire project scrapped. But at the same time, if you're in the game industry right now, it's a pretty decent place to be because you still have your job and you're working from home. Okay, that's good to know. So everyone join the game industry because it's going to be the only hope in the future when all that matters (laughs) is entertainment and being able to work from home. That's right. You know, I'm actually pretty glad that Disney isn't making games like they used to because then we would have like, I mean, there's a bunch of high school musicals, but could you imagine? I don't know if you've seen the like recent suite of like Disney live action shows that would now warrant horrible games, but mm-hmm. they're really terrible. Like uh, my zombie boyfriend and shit like that. And like enchanted, like it, it's just a bunch of terrible garbage out there. Does like, it not it makes hit that like that iOS so or switch or something? I, I mean, it probably does not switch. Not all of them. Like they're like, just go look uh, if you have ever like on the, if you've got the Disney uh, plus app and just go, go look at those, that horror show. That exists down there, and you're just like, whoa. Yeah, well, I think you know it's uh, it, it's like all games are now, stuff. It's- no matter what platform you're on, games are hard and expensive and time consuming to make. And I think that that was there was like a paradigm shift where like the handheld platforms at the time were the easy platforms, right? Like, yep. like no, we can't do a fucking 360 game, but shit, we'll do a GBA game real quick. You know, um, there's not really that yeah, option. I mean, there's game. there's there is mobile now, but um, but even even some mobile games are you know it still yeah. takes a considerable amount of effort. That's got Unity, yeah. Just put it on mobile. Just get it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, the shows I'm talking about are like are the tweener shows, like that that age range that's probably eight to twelve. You know. But and, you're right. It, in the in the GBA and DS generations, every single one of those shows would have gotten a game. Yep. Every so, single one. And now, if you look at those shows for that age range now. Blech. I can't imagine owning those games. Uh, but I mean, I've got games like The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, so what do I fucking know? All right. Sign that for you? No, I don't want you to sign anything I have. I don't look, some people think you're like hot. Shit. I don't. Look, I am a brand, Johnny. You are not. <laughs> what, whatever you think you are, I love to be that thing that keeps you grounded. That's what I'll be in your life forever. That's fair. 
Like yeah, no, you, that. you might become super successful. And I'll just be like, shut the fuck up, Stefan. I'm like, come on, get over it. <laughs> no, I'm into that. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm real like that. I'll stay that way. Okay. Um, which system should Archon collect first? PS2 or the Wii? So you don't get to answer this one, Stefan. This <laughs> okay. is for Tyler and Fair. I. Uh, Tyler, yep. go ahead. Uh, it's the PS2. I, I In broad strokes, I think PS2 is the last collectively interesting console for a number of reasons from uh, it doesn't have stupid limited editions to has like probably the best library of games in all of video games. And the Wii certainly does not. And the, this isn't even a competition, I don't think, because you're going to say the exact same thing. Literally, all the Wii has going for it is that it says Nintendo on it. Surprise answer, oh, okay. Wii U. There, there's, there's, there's one other thing that the Wii has going for it right now, and that's Johnny has most of a set that he doesn't want. So that, I mean, I, But I'm probably going to finish it. I'm just oh saying, my God, like, you could finish it and then sell it to Stefan, who will definitely buy it if it's all just right there. I might, I might that you would, you would definitely have the best chance of me buying. All right. So I, if I want the best chance of selling to Stefan, I I mean, I have bought a few Wii games this year, which is more than I bought last year, which system should he collect first is PS2, which one might he collect first? (laughs) We will see. See what I did there. I think, I think like there's there's two systems that legitimately have a chance of me actually finishing them. Saturn. And it's it's neither of those. Saturn it is Saturn, and Game Boy? Saturn and Game Boy. Yep. Yeah, Saturn gotcha. and Game Boy. Boom. Um, okay. So uh our friend uh Nick asks, who would win in a pull-up competition? Johnny, Tyler, or Stefan? Johnny. Johnny. Uh I'm like pretty fat right now, but I am still pretty strong. Let's see. I could probably oh man, I don't know, pull like my fat ass, like, can I still pull-ups do it? Pull-ups are hard, though. Like, pull-ups are hard, even when I was, like, super fit. I mean, I'm going to... Yeah. Like, I don't want mean to be bragging, but I used to do, like, a lot of pull-ups um, back in the day with plates between my legs because I was, like, pretty sweet like that. It also, it's a bit of, like, gym showing off. Like, you just put on the belt and put, like, two 45-pound plates between your legs and then go, like, jump and do, like, eight pull-ups. You look pretty cool. Um, at least that's what me at, like, 23 thought. Uh, I... I'm going to say Stefan, because you're probably more fit from ring fit. Stefan's like seven feet tall. Isn't that a disadvantage? He's not no. seven feet tall. I'm He's six like six feet foot. tall. Nah, all right. He's like half an inch bigger than me, if that. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything. I don't see you guys all I'm, the time, well, okay? I'm I, I, like, Tyler, aren't you like six foot? Like, I always think you're shorter than you are, but you're not. You're like 5'11". I think 11, I'm 5'11". Yeah, like I think you're like my exact height, and Stefan is only maybe half an inch taller than me. None of us would but win I'm a pull. If there was literally one other person in the pull up competition, none of us would win it. That's so. <laughs> let's ask: Can you do a pull up? I, yes. I don't know. I haven't tried. I have no upper body strength. I used to have some that, decent lower body strength when I was really into what dancing. About strength with weights. That's what I'll say. Like, uh, all of my strength is like in my, I have all my strength is in my legs. Like uh, if, if there is any like point that I feel like I do have some strength, it is in my legs. Yeah. See, yeah, so if this was a squat, if, if it was a squat competition, I feel like I would be in better in a better shape to, uh, to I mean, do I something. carry around my fat ass all day, so I don't know. My That's legs true. are pretty jacked. Um, no, but like, I I'm big and barrel chested and I've always been strong through the chest and, uh, like had a, pretty good bench and pretty good pull-up uh, ability just because i have bigger muscles there like just due to my shape i think um so yeah i always did 
I guess I just well. always assume that, like, in my head, I feel like if you've been in the military, then you're just fit forever. I mean, that's why yeah. I always immediately just say Johnny when this question yep. comes up. Oh, this is yeah, not I the mean, first time a question like this has come up, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, like, if the, I think someone asked who was going to win in a fight, and I'm going to murder both of you guys in a fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, you guys will, I could fight you both at the same time and kill both of you. Yeah. But, and that's not just ego, that's just because you guys aren't fighters, and I would... I would, I would stick to <laughs> so all right um yeah we don't need to i don't need to get all like uh macho and like i'm so tough because like i'm just like a fat old man at this point give it a few more years and i won't even be able to walk and then then you can take me um jay metal world peace asks will cat ever join y'all in an episode again and the answer to that is, I don't know if Kat will ever be on another episode with me, Tyler, and Stefan, but I am hoping that Kat is going to come and do a special episode with me this Christmas. Oh. How about that? They, these guys don't even know what I'm saying right now. Like, I don't know that. What the fuck is this news? I know you don't know that. Kat never officially left the show. She just kind of disappeared one day. Kat? I've never, never actually spoken to her, which is weird. Oh. Kat's great. I love Kat. Like, people think, like... Like people imagine that there was some sort of drama and it was like just didn't get bit. It's like uh, it's like when you're in eighth grade and you date someone and you just like you don't really break up and just kind of like move. That's kind of what happened. Uh, like <laughs> we just got busy, but like I like still text her on her birthday. I'll send her the random text. Yeah, no, I'm gonna ask her because these two guys uh, they don't love to do the Christmas episode. So I'm like I thought it would be fun maybe to bring Cat in for a Christmas episode with me. That was my thought. That that we'll sounds fantastic because I I know. Also, don't, don't forget we do have them. the secret bonus Christmas episode in the bank. Oh, that's that <laughs> one's never seeing the light of day. That's for patrons only. Okay, all right. Yeah, I just I came across that uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, we have an episode that we never put out because it was way too late. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Okay, um, was it also really bad? Was it the one where we were also like we were also all I, traveling and yeah, it was. It was a lot of things. It like, might be, but it was also because we like I finished editing it in like January, and it's like, well, I can't really put <laughs> out a Christmas episode right now. Tyler was traveling was like the big thing. He like went somewhere for Christmas. Um, so Nintendo Twizzer Aaron asks, uh, when can we expect an episode of PSP UMD movie set collecting? So, so you want to collect PSP UMDs? Um, and he says a follow-up since there's more UMD movies versus PSP games, does that make the games a subset? Okay. First, <laughs> don't be gross, Aaron. All right. You knock it off. That's gross. UMDs, you know, the movies are not games. Okay. Universal movie disc. No, those are movies. They're not games. You don't need to collect them. They're like GBA video. Just forget about them. They're disgusting and don't touch them. Um, but there are people who are passionate about collecting these things. Those people are incorrect. Uh, he's probably going to do it because he's a gross individual. Aaron, stop it. Just stop. This think, whole question, stop it. Do you think he's trolling or do you think he's like genuinely like wanting to do this? He's he probably wants laugh. to come on the show and talk about UMD movies just so he, someone will listen to him about it. He, no, he's <laughs> got like a little laugh emoji about it. But um, he, I, I'm sure like there are I'll some people who do believe article. Well, there are some people who believe that it's um, in, you know, it's part of the set. Like, you have to collect the UMDs, really? I think. Like, VG Collectaholic, I, I don't know if he believes that, but I think he is kind of interested in UMDs, uh, the movies. And I, I think, then, like, if he found a bunch of them, if Aaron found a bunch of them, he might, like, 
look at it to put a set if you could find them cheap. Like part of like what's fun about collecting that you can't do anymore and like why UMDs could be fun is that uh, you know, all games, you can't go find them anymore. They're just expensive. Everything's expensive. So you're not like really finding deals anymore, but you could go do this kind of passively and like find stuff here and there and be like, Oh, look, I'm building up this silly UMD collection. You could go do something like that. But even some of the UMDs, like it's weird to think that there are UMDs that are sought after. I know there's like anime ones that are super expensive, right? Just it's because weird. they have anime characters, I guess. Cause no one is watching these. Yeah, you got to do a uh, HD DVD set because you know those were playable on the Xbox. So, yeah, well, I mean, who's got their uh, their HD player that came with King Kong? Raise your hand. <laughs> got it at Ooh. FYE for twenty bucks. Ooh, yeah, uh, I got but mine also for speaking of that, Stefan, I bet there will be like hardcore Xbox three hundred and sixty collectors. They will have a little shelf dedicated to HD DVDs because oh, it's oh, part yeah. of the so console history. But I would be shocked if there are more HD DVD movies than Xbox 360 games. I did not know there are more UMD movies than PSP games. There were a decent amount of PSP games, weren't there? Yeah, I think so. Over a thousand, I think. Whoa, I really? I didn't I'm even wrong. know there were that many. But. I thought, I, well, I'm, that might be worldwide. Okay. So, but I, I don't want to, like, PlayStation pumps out the games, like, like, and they do ports, like, pretty heavily. Like, Nintendo always gets, like... That thrown at them, oh, you just poured all your... Sh but, like, what the PlayStation did that with the PSP pretty heavily, too. Um, yeah, I, I would expect to one day see a shelf of, like, a serious PSP collector having all of them. Again, like you said, it's part of the history. One day someone's going to find that interesting. Okay, I don't think we need to talk anymore about that. <laughs> Sorry if you guys had answers. I just don't want to dignify it too much. 16-Bit uh, Dad, what are your favorite things about collecting? The community, the hunt, or something else? Go ahead, Stefan. Uh, the hunt. I'm no. I'm not uh, shy about that. I, um, you know, I, I, I say now that I go for. I only go for things that aren't for sale, <laughs> um, and that's that's not entirely the most dangerous game. Yeah, um, I do. You know, that's sort of how I got into pl the place that I'm at now, where I just found things increasingly, cre increasingly easy to do. You know, when things got. Uh, when like retail games were just expensive and not difficult, like that's that's sort of where I started going to dis displays and then into my game counselor stuff and into art and all that. So it is like partially me chasing, um, chasing the the the, the things dragon? that are more are more and more genuinely dragon? difficult to do. Yes, I'm also a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Good. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. What about you, Tej? What's going on? I don't even know if I like the hunt anymore. Like the hunt for me now is a hundred eBay save searches that hit my inbox every single morning. And I have to use like vague save searches. So I make sure to get anything that's poorly listed. And I just go through a hundred emails and don't find what I'm looking for. And if I do find it, I'm probably buying it at market price because it's something that hasn't come up. The, I hate the hunt now. Uh, so I guess like something like the community would be a good answer. That would make me look good and stuff. But uh, that's, I'm going to give the honest answer of, uh, Figuring out something like a variant or some piece of knowledge that a lot of people don't know, and then just buying that thing and holding it in my hands and being like, I have this and no one even knows about it. I'm going to say that feeling is my favorite part of game collecting, but also being just a being surrounded by is your favorite part and being able to pick whatever I want off the shelf at any time. It's the freaking best. What did you say, Stefan? I said being a gatekeeper is your favorite part. Well, no, I'm not gatekeeping because I'm not even telling anyone like about That's this stupid thing. 
That's gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I'm not even letting people even know, know that gate exists. Yes, I know. It's the worst kind of gatekeeping. <laughs> you are you're hiding knowledge. But I'm not you're intentionally like, hiding it because no one cares about it. You, you just are. said you're you intentionally said, hiding you it. You just said you rub your hands together like a greedy oh my little god. jerk. Oh my god. Like when I gave that answer about how I like to, I'm like, and then I get to share it with people, and that's why we have a podcast. You're like, and then I don't tell anyone. <laughs> like, whoa. if I didn't tell people, oh my god, it's not like stuff that no one knows. It's like the uh, the Ninja Gaiden print code thing uh, that the, I want to get all the the Johnny Ninja the- Gaiden print codes, and once I do, I'll be like, <laughs> I have all the Ninja Gaiden print codes, and and no one cares about these. But they don't know that I have the real good stuff. This might be the first time that Tyler says he's going to edit something out and actually does it because he just, he sounds like a monster right now. Oh my God. (laughs) I think that sounds like reasonable. (laughs) Okay. Um, Man, I didn't expect that this question would be so hard. Okay. (laughs) Because boy, I like... I love my little Insta community. I love the people I talk to. I love the people who like listen to our show and stuff. Uh, but the broad strokes of the community right now is a little bit gross. I don't like Twitter. I don't like the people on Twitter. Like just, just because they don't know what they're talking about. And it's like crazy. I feel like it's like Reddit people talking and there's like, Oh man, I don't want to hate Reddit. Uh, it's front page of the internet, but also those people are just like, always saying wrong things and like making me have to correct things. Like you guys are just making work for me. So I hate that. I feel like Twitter's a little bit about that. And Facebook, Facebook is a toxic waste dump of humanity where people who are toxic waste dumps seem to collect and then, you know, spew opinions and then buy expensive games and show pictures of them as they rub their genitals. That's how I feel about uh, the Facebook community. Uh, So I'm not super into that. Like really the community is my favorite part, but that I feel like the area that I can go, you know, like enact with the community uh, and feel good about it. I feel like that zone is shrinking, right? I feel like the high end game rooms, the filthy game rooms, the water, like all these guys, like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, not good about it. And I feel like a lot of the transactions, a lot of the people I've seen like complain about the price of games being too high, especially like in that filthy area, right? Like the games are too expensive. Like you see these people complaining, but then they're like, I just found this thing and I'm going to go sell it for $150. Ha ha. And they're like so happy about this money they're making. But like just a week ago, they were complaining about game prices being too high. And you're just like, well, like the, uh, do you not feel what you're doing to contribute to that? And I'm not saying games should go back to being, super cheap or available or anything like that. I, you know, making no judgment on that. I'm just saying like you came and you complained and made things because like no one loves to read a complainer post. Uh, and then you just said, you know, out of the other side of your mouth, how happy you are to enact that on other people. I, I don't like it. And then like the high end game rooms, like making it feel like all the games are going to be unobtainable for people who just like want to collect on a basic level. That kind of sucks. Yeah, this is hard. It's like hard because I like really the community is my favorite part. Like video game sage is okay, but I don't feel like I don't go on there enough to like really feel a community aspect. I just kind of like slink in once in a while and like read through some for sale posts and like the collector's area to like learn some stuff. But I, I don't like I feel good about Instagram, like the people I still keep around me there. But yeah, it's getting harder. It's getting harder. Like right. I, I love to see when people get a win. 
Um, and I don't love the hunt. I, I do love the hunt for knowledge. So I, I like that part. It's a hard question. So uh, to be real. clear, Johnny's answer is he hates every aspect of the hobby. And Tyler's answer <laughs> is he likes having obscure knowledge and and wallowing in it by himself. To lord over the community, but they don't know that he's lording it over them. He's like, it's not that is, so. It's I so weird. Oh my god, that uh, answer is so terrible. No, it is. But some like all right. So I the Mario three print run dates are that's obviously information that's out there. Wada has posted that on Facebook. I have made fun of that in retro gem minor videos. We've probably brought it up on the show. No one really cares about that. I feel like if I ever. Like I, I really, I enjoy having the the quote unquote true first print of Super Mario Three. But even just mentioning that now on the show makes me feel disgusting because I feel like the the concept of quote unquote educating people in terms of like hyping something up is something that people do to try to get money. And I don't want people to think that I'm bringing up something I think I have that is cool because I already yeah. have it, and so now I'm trying to make it seem like an important thing. It's that, like that one YouTube channel you don't like, the What's That Collectible channel, where he only brings up the expensive Certified stuff that he has. collectibles? There's like some yeah. really weird Wada channel now. He's like, I got this 8.5 uh, ET on Atari 2600. Now, this is one I really think you guys should invest in, in at least an 8.5. It's <laughs> <Yeah, like, laughs> such a so, weird channel. So this is uh, this is the thing I like about this podcast and uh, what we stand for here and like what we're about. So... We aren't about the monetization of the hobby. Like we know the hobby can be expensive, but we're not trying to use our information or power to to monetize it for ourselves. You don't see us out there like reselling or flipping or buying steel games so we can like make them dollars. Which we look, all three of us totally have enough uh, knowledge and buying power that we could go do this into the hobby. But that's not what we do. We like knowledge. We like learning about games. Um, so when we find something or cool and like we're showing it, it's generally because we like it. And that's the part of the community stuff I was trying to get. And Tyler, you made me a little more succinct in my answer. I hate the way <laughs> things have been solely focused on the monetization of this hobby. It makes me feel gross about it because I feel like people aren't enjoying it. They're just interested in the money it can make them. Yes. And, and for anyone who thinks I'm a knowledge hoarder, one, I'm on this podcast, and two, go look at, like, the collecting guides section of Video Game Sage. I've posted, like, dozens of Genesis variants, and I have a whole Xbox thread of, like, literally everything I know about the Xbox. I like sharing yeah. knowledge. Yeah. I just don't like doing it when it, it looks like it's in a way that I'm trying to make money. Yeah. All right. Hey, Tyler. Speaking Apologize. of sharing knowledge. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Apologize to Tyler, Stefan. No. No, Apologies. I'm a you, monster. You said, gross. <laughs> you said he's a monster. I did say he's a monster. Stefan, have you met you? <laughs> You're a monster. No, okay. Hey, Tyler, there's 484 domestic HD DVDs. All right. 484. All right. That is definitely lower than the number of Xbox 360 games. Good to know. Yes. Okay. So here's a, a quick answer that I'll, I'll take this one, guys. Um, when are you interviewing reserved investments? We're not, never. No! Unless, unless Stefan or Tyler do it, and it'll be as good as their Odyssey episode, I'm sure. No, actually, I'm sure Tyler. a bunch of people would like that, but I don't watch that. I am not interested in that like brand of content that he brings, uh, partially because the part of the hobby I was just talking about, the monetization of it, I don't like that. Uh, also, I have a problem with people who don't actually collect in my hobby trying to tell me about it. 
Hey now, he has a graded Fire Emblem Fates special edition and, and a I bunch bet of amiibos, like, Johnny. And I bet he's like, you should buy these. No, no. Oh, you really don't watch Reserved Investments. Actually, I think that might be one that he buys. He has a bunch of like complete garbage, like modern special editions. Uh, what the Link's Awakening, the new one that just came out, he has that sealed. I'm, uh, I'm almost positive he has that sealed. And then he's like, don't buy these. If you can flip this for more than MSRP, do it now, idiot. No one is going to oh, want yeah. these in 20 years. So. But that's wrong, probably. Um, Tyler, if you do do that, that interview, I want to come. I can't. No, I don't like conflict. I'm I'm only willing to disagree with Johnny because of how long I've been on the show. If you listen to the first few episodes I was on the Joe, Johnny would say something and I would just go along with it. And it took me a while to realize like, oh, I should just disagree with him when I don't agree with him. You don't disagree with reserved investments. He's like, <sighs> he, he's your senpai. He says some funny things sometimes. I enjoy him 100% of the time. I mean, and that's a good distinction to make, right? Like you can enjoy something that is nonsensical and not always correct, but that de- like just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you agree with it 100%. That's true. So, okay. But a lot of people uh, nuance, we live in a day and age where nuance is lost, and I don't know why because the ability to obtain information and nuance has never been greater. Anyways, um let's move on from that question. Cool. Um this one comes from, oh, and I, hold on, let's have to get this. This episode and all episodes of Collector's Quest are <laughs> sponsored by Cheap Cheap Games, where you can find the cheapest imports. Get with Red the Game Shark, and he will make sure you get some cheap, cheap deals. That's Cheap Cheap Games. You can find him under Red the Game Shark on Instagram and at most conventions. Okay, we've got our sponsorship taken care of. So now we have a question from our sponsor, Red the Game Shark, which says, with Stefan taking all the cool next level stuff, how is anyone supposed to flex on IG now? Wow. Well, I don't post on IG, so that uh, that solves your problems. <laughs> yeah, he's down there. He's down there talking to Twitter dummies, as I like to call them, Twitter fetuses, and uh, flexing on them. And they're like, "I've never seen a boxed Nintendo game. Those came out way before I was born." <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, you wanna? Tyler, how are we supposed to flex on IG if Stefan has taken all the good stuff? Uh, He's gone to the next level. Stefan's not taking all the good stuff because I don't care about 90% of what Stefan buys. My Instagram follows a a very, very specific pattern. Uh, You will see me post uh, something like Super Mario 3 or Mike Tyson's Punch-Out that people actually care about. And then I will sneak in some PC games or weird stuff that I actually care about, like the Magnavox Odyssey or like a Famicom box game. And uh, I just keep that cycle going, so... I keep the interest high with the same goddamn NES games that everyone else is posting. And then I try to post something I actually find interesting. So we're we're never going to keep up with Stefan because he's in a totally different lane than us. And his lane, like objectively is far more interesting uh, to people who are in the hobby and then like not really in the hobby. So, um, or if you you just want to see stuff you've never seen before on Instagram, which is generally what I do want to see. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like you, like you as in Stefan, you just have, you're going to show stuff that's generally more interesting than I'm going to show you. You're going to like, you're going to see shit that you've seen before. If you look at my stuff and like, it's not like I'm posting super common stuff all the time. Um, but you post weird stuff. And like, I, I, if we, if we live by that mantra, um, that's like Stefan buying one of ones and stuff, then, you know, no, we'll never be able to compete. But also there's this thing called inclusivity and, uh, feeling like you're a part of something and there's no one who's going to connect with Stefan on that level. 
Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I also have that one that of one. Saying, Johnny? Yeah, like Stefan used to be the garbage man and used to be the most relatable person on the show. The way he bought shit, <laughs> and now you turned into the least relatable. But well, maybe wait, I'm what? not sure. He was the relatable one. He bought entire collections all at once. I was but the relatable bought... one because I was still no. working on loose sets no, at the time. I, I transitioned into that too, though. Yeah, like, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. In the but he was like Stefan was like Stefan was like our new collector on the show, and he'd be like, "I like games, so I'm gonna buy all the games." Like he would just buy yeah, stuff. I'm making bad decisions all the time. So uh, and then like we leveled up Stefan so hard and like also his own knowledge and work that then he's like, oh, yeah, f- all you guys now look at me. What are you doing now? Oh, show me your common stuff. I'm like, this is a really this is an Outback, Joey. It's pretty rare. You've never seen more than like 12 of these. And he's like, this is a one of one. Howard Stern spit on this. OK, and it's a brick that came out of Nintendo. So you got that? No. Okay, guess what? This this is uh, Howard Phillips' underwear. I got this. He gave it to me. Not because he wanted to, because I threatened him at knife point. So this is a one of one. That brown streak is from me. Okay. <laughs> from me? Yeah. I don't know if it's shit or blood at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I had that knife on him good. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no. So we're, we're just like... We're not competing, but like I was saying. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is we don't collect the same things. It's no. just, we just don't. Thank goodness. Uh, no, we, and we have collected the same things and it's been fine because there is like, this stuff isn't that rare. There's plenty of stuff to go around. You and I were doing uh, original Xbox together. That was actually kind of fun. Yeah. It, it's nice to collect stuff with people and help them out. I, I like collecting at the same time as people. As people are so competitive now. Like now, we live in a world now where it's so super competitive. People are like, I don't want anyone collecting the same thing I'm doing because then I won't I'm get it. I'm looking for fucking pogs and I'm scared to say which pogs I'm looking for in case I inspire someone else to find those pogs. Man, hey, I'm coming if, hot. If there's any pogs. pog inspiration happening, it's coming from me. Right. That's true. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, but Stefan has good stuff. And thanks to our sponsor, Rudd the Game Shark. Look for him and all the best imports on Instagram. Go ahead and send him a DM if you need something. He's got the hookup. All right. Cheap, cheap games. I've got him looking for some stuff for me right now. Uh, me Red, too. I yeah, know you're listening. Where's my fucking I Castlevania art, Red? Where is it? You know, not maybe the stuff that Stefan needs. I'm looking for some. You're never getting that Castlevania stuff. art. That's coming to I don't me. Think you I don't am, care. About I don't it. think I am either. I think he's too afraid to ship it. I don't think it's gonna get here. It, I'm well. I'm also going to take it from you. You don't need the Castlevania stuff. You don't even like Castlevania. It's such a weird p. Oh God. We've you don't even like Castlevania. What are you doing? I do like Castlevania. You don't. I have a giant oil painting of Simon Bullsh- Belmont in my living you room. You have a lot of stuff that you on your wall that you don't love. <laughs> get out of here that's a beautiful painting though yeah i should have that painting i love castlevania <laughs> more than anyone on this show the fuck out of here <laughs> dick it's dicks like these art collectors sounds Stephanie, like you're gatekeeping who can own that art yeah. johnny us real collectors <laughs> can't can't own the art because people like stefan are keeping it from us making it too expensive um uh anyways um Guys, what is something you've paid for, like a significant amount that just took a dump, just took a a big price dump on you and just like kind of made you facepalm? This comes from my buddy Nocturne Eric. Uh, My brand new 2012 Hyundai Accent SE. (laughs) Other than that, in terms of video games, 
I'll think about it while you guys go. Um, Stefan, do you have a quick answer? If not, I got one. Yes, but I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> ah, hi. Bless you. Um, yeah, my quick answer would be the last game in my Super Nintendo set, uh, SOS Sink <laughs> or Swim. I, uh, <laughs> we talk about this game a lot because I paid hundreds of dollars for it when it was not a hundreds of dollars game. Like It Stephen, was the last game in the set. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know that stupid... Like game, like you're trying to buy a game and you go on eBay and there's one at this price and you're just like, who the fuck is ever gonna buy it at that price? That is the <laughs> dumbest shit I've ever seen. Well, Stefan, tell us about SOS. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was it was three or four hundred dollars that I paid for that game loose, um, in, in an environment it where what? it was like not a hundred dollar game. And uh, but it was the last game I needed in the set. And if you've ever been around the podcast or around my feeds when I am completing sets, you you probably notice that once I get it to about a hundred games left, I start making really really irrational decisions. Stephen uh, and uh, and SOS was the last game uh, that I needed for to complete the Super Nintendo set, and uh, I created like a a short term artificial bubble in that game um, because because I overpaid so hard. So I, I hope all of your, like, I hope that sounds crystal clear on your end, because you sounded like a robot to me. I don't know if you did for Tyler as well. Yeah, you sound like garbage, Stefan. I don't know what happened. So, no, but hopefully, no. since your audio track is your own, it won't be a problem. But I I, yeah. I got the gist of what you were saying. Also, I know that story. Um, I've got a, a one that, like, makes me annoyed. Uh, maybe this should have been my biggest regret, but I don't even regret it. Um The New Leaf cart that I bought for the Sega Genesis, I think I, I forget what I paid, but... Um, it, that like right after I bought it, someone found a box of them and that instantly like cut the price to like one third of what I paid for it. So there was like a bunch of them. I think at one point running around for like $300 or something. Yeah. And I think speaking of Jumbo and I'm pretty sure he got one of those. Um, oh, for sure. I'm pretty sure I was an underbidder on one of them and now I want one more cause I'm, I've been focused on Sega Genesis lately. But yeah, that that I, that was a weird cartridge to buy the, or that was a weird thing to drop in price newly. That was a super obscure thing. I waited so long for that game. I fought so hard, and like, like, I like it took so long for me to finally get a new leaf at a reasonable price, and then like out of the blue, here's just like twenty of them. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like years and years and years of having it on my save search and battling for it. Not like even closed auctions. I was missing it. Just like. Was one guy putting it up for too much money, and then, like, right after I negotiated a deal with someone who like kind of had one, and then a box of them just turns up, which has to be like the like the only thing that I'm okay with is that's got to be like the whole stock ever of them, so they're not coming back out. So Tyler, if you want one, I think there was one like maybe it's gone, but it was like a G. Uh, on they got the, the I want one in nice condition. I know it's a stupid rental cartridge, that, but I don't like having cartridges with torn labels, and a lot of them have torn labels. They do, but like you, like at some point, all the stock on that is just going to be gone. I know, but it's a stupid rental card. I honestly don't care that much. Like I would pay three hundred dollars for one. I wouldn't pay like a thousand dollars for one. There's there's more crazy things in this market to put my money into. There totally is there, and there are things that are going to be cool. But that's like one where I'm just like, what the. Um, that was just like, that was a really weird and pretty unexpected turn of events. Yes. Like, I don't think any of us would have said, I bet this is the one people are going to find a box of. That's not, that wouldn't have been on anyone's radar. So, uh, Tyler, you got an answer for us now? 
So I said my car because I typically don't spend like a huge amount on a video game unless like like I'm not thinking of it from an investment perspective, but I am thinking of it from a like I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on this if it's going to be something that drops in value. Like that new leaf is not something I would like I wouldn't be extremely confident on that having an a thousand dollar value forever. Whereas something like Star Fox Super Weekend was probably worth, you know, whatever, $750, you know, probably be something that's more likely to maintain that value. Um, I'd say the one thing is the story I told uh, before we were recording. Uh, I bought Little Samson at the absolute top of the market in 2016 uh, for $1,250 loose. uh, And that was the highest sale for a very long time, I think. Um, but now obviously I think it's gone up a little, but, um, well, a little, uh, I didn't really feel bad about it cause I needed it to complete my NES set at the time, but that's the only thing I could think of where I didn't do very good on making a very expensive purchase. Yeah. You know, like that's like little Samson's fine, but I, like you said, like, you're not sure like new leaf would have maintained his value. Like there's no world, which I would have said new leaf is definitely going to tank. Like, it might fluctuate a little bit, but it like for me, it was always going to be something that was around that price because the people who care about them will buy them and then never get rid of them. So it's always going to probably be at this price. That's I like, mean, I guess. So I, like, I don't, I, I don't think they're like to me. It was kind of unprecedented that it could happen. That that did happen. And I mean, it's now crept back up, and it will be more than I like. I'm sure long term gonna do just fine and that's like part of the other thing that's hard for me like because there's stuff i bought at the time that took a dip but you know when you bought something in like 2007 and you overpaid now it's 2020 and you look you're like i'm a genius like (laughs) are you or did you just wait like that's that's like why we always say the best time to collect was last year or the year before that or like going go in the past because that's just how this works um okay there is there's one new leaf for uh a thousand dollars in pretty nice shape. Hey, it's exactly the price I said. It's got Echo the Dolphin that, on it. That's what I just said. I'm like, there's uh I said there's one I think on on eBay right now for a thousand dollars. That's it is, that what I just uh it is a, a very nice to have bonus item for me for a console I'm not super ex- enthusiastic about it, Johnny. So I think I will stick to my long term goals that I have planned out for myself. All right. Well, if anybody's interested in a collection plus item, that's a good one to get. And I think that's a fine price, even though it tanked on me. I still would say it's a good. <laughs> All right, guys, how do you feel about uh, I've kind of answered this a little bit. So um, this question comes from Retro Game Trader. And he says, how do you feel about great games today versus when you first learned about them? How do you feel about the fake value inflation from things like heritage auctions and like games that have high buy it nows on eBay but never sell. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking as to whether or not I agree with something that he asserted there, in that the like that the inflation from the like the heritage phenomenon is it like whether or not I consider it fake, and I don't think I do. Um, I think um, I so when I got into this hobby originally. Uh, you know, VGA was was just coming on the scene, I think, and um, and I looked at that and I went, yeah, that's that's pretty silly. So, I mean, I don't think I think it's any less silly now, but I am more interested in it from a value proposition. Like, and there is certainly FOMO 
from a value proposition, like, oh man, like these are now interesting to me because there's like so much, like such a high dollar value associated with it. I don't think I would be as uh, interested in it or interested at all if in sealed games, if there wasn't such a high value proposition. Um, and like I said, I, 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 I think like certainly the partnership between WADA and Heritage either helped it very much or caused the the sort of boom but i wouldn't say that those prices are big like i don't know that that there's an like fake inflation versus just like I, I i i don't know that i would say just because there is inflation that that inflation is fake like i don't know that 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 word stuck in my head and doesn't sit well all right. Good Sounds answer. like you're done talking, Stefan. We should take a break. Stefan, you should drop and rejoin this call. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got literally nothing. Okay. So, Tower, I hear, what about I you? I hear you guys just fine. Uh, Radio Game Station, so I first learned about them. Uh, well, I guess I was never a fan of VGA, and then I thought WADA was cool because WADA was coming at the same market, but from a couple of Nintendo age members and Nintendo age was, you know, my home, at least. I don't know. Whenever Wada was announced. Yeah. I was hanging out in Nintendo age a lot when Wada was announced. I thought it was pretty freaking cool. And then this whole, the whole weird investment thing is not something I, ex- I expected to happen from it. Um, but yeah, I mean like Dennis and, and all the Wada people I think are uh, legit and cool. So that my, opinion towards graded games is much better than it was when VGA was the only option. Uh, I'm still not thrilled about things like grading complete box games or loose cartridges, especially when, you know, if I am looking for my stupid date code on the flap and that's not on the WADA box, I have to crack open the WADA case to find it. That's why I think grading complete in box games when we find out about variants uh, is annoying. So I really hope that doesn't become a trend. I don't know what's going on on Heritage, man. There are games like Atari games and Intellivision games that sell for $20 that go for five grand or two grand, and it makes no sense. I don't think they're fake sales. I think they're just uh, people from entirely other universes that do not care and think that a 9.8 Intellivision game, because it's the highest grade you could possibly get, it shouldn't matter what price you pay because it's the highest one. I think that's where they're coming from. I I honestly I don't think it's fake. It's it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I and, no and like I I imagine a lot of those people too are are like a little more moneyed than us. So like maybe again, like I, I've said this, and sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that five thousand dollars and seven thousand and ten thousand dollars is not the same amount of money to them as it is to us. You know. Like that, that's another thing to like consider. Um, so what do I think about games that like kind of sit and like, like the big prices people put on? Uh, sometimes I think that's just to draw attention, you know, and that that's fine. And like, sometimes people put out, like sometimes get a big thing like that. And there are people who like look for the biggest thing and then like see what other items they have for sale. So sometimes it's bad marketing. So you know what whatever i I don't care about that stuff again the heritage auction i don't know some of that stuff is fake i will definitely say there has been fake inflation put into the market by the individuals uh this has happened not just in this hobby but in every hobby like i know of high-end collectors who have traded back and forth uh to skew auction prices this happened back in the day on nintendo age 
So it like there are you telling me that perhaps the Nintendo World Championships that's that was traded for the hundred whatever thousand dollar sports card might have been part of manipulating both of those markets, Johnny? Oh, could be. Could be, yeah. Um I I, I don't think I don't feel like I can comment on that since I I benefited greatly from that. Great trade. (laughs) That was a fantastic trade. So I Uh, I can can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you better now. Okay. Um so but there's like, and this is like before even WADA was a thing. Like, people are now talking about how everyone's getting backdoored and like there's like a big phone. This has been going on since 2006, people have been complaining about it. happening to me back then. So, like, the minute anybody, like, it's just that the values have shifted, but the same shitty behaviors of people who are interested in money are always the same. So, like, I'm not surprised by any of that. So, people are going to try and manipulate the market. People are going to try and inflate the market to their own game. People are going to do shitty backdoor deals for their game. They're they're always going to do that because they've always been doing that. That's just the way shitty individuals act. And that's why shitty individuals should be called out, shamed, and pointed at so that uh, we can have nice things and hopefully get rid of them. Though you'll never completely do it, or else we would have, I think. Um... How do I feel about graded games? I really am not a fan of VGA because, and there, there's two different schools of thought here. I don't like people grading games who don't know about games and don't give a shit about games. You could say yes, that, but that makes them objective. True. I will give you that. There is some objectivity there. But I want someone handling my rare and interesting thing, handling it with the care of people who care about it and also know about it right? Mm-hmm. I don't think VGA gives a shit about anything but dollars. And that I, I think as they're cons- pretty, they give a shit about acrylic. There are some people who care sure. about custom acrylic boxes working at VGA. Okay. Well, <laughs> to make money, right? Uh, yeah. That's, that's like, I want people who care more than about the money. Like I want you to care about the thing you were doing like I want to. I would rather shop with brands that care about things that have an identity rather than are just like soulless beasts, you know, out there to make a dollar, and that's just the best value. I mean, not to say you shouldn't use those. Like, look, Amazon is a thing. Talking of soulless beasts, Amazon is a thing I buy from frequently, and that's not great. But uh, you know, I, I'm okay with a company having an ethos, and I'm okay with them having an understanding and a passion and caring for a thing. Now people will say what is the devil in the map, but you know, I don't, I like, I know those people. And so I'm biased and I don't think ill of them. Um, have there been things in the market that happen? Have they made mistakes? Sure. Uh, yeah, that, that happens everywhere. I, I love when people talk about like, well, they made like four mistakes and you're like, okay, well, four mistakes over, uh, how many graded games or let's say it's even 10. Have they graded over a thousand games? So what's that percentage wise? It's pretty low. Um, so like, I like that WADA goes in and, you know, puts care, puts extra notes, does stuff. I hate the difference in the letterings on like seals versus like the game grades. I, I hate, I hate the grading system for games in general. I think it's dumb. I think we should like, should be a consistent basis. I know it comes from You're the other only things. person who feels this way. No, like, no, because everyone has adopted a system like from another system that everyone just got on board with and said, okay, that does not mean it was a good idea ever. It just means that that was the system that is adopted. It's like people who still fight against the metric system. They're like, oh, but uh, 
in the U.S. system, like, we can, you know, it's easier to divide uh, 12 by 4. So that makes it better than the metric system because you're going to bound to have uneven numbers, less decimals. Like, there, there's a whole world that got a standard. Like, just making things standard, and that's okay. Like, sometimes it can be a little harder. We have calculators. Like, I also think, you know, representing things by real numbers, like, Saying something, oh, well, that's an A+. plus. You're like, why? I think I must have done pretty well then. Well, uh, it's good, but it's no A++. What the fuck does that mean? A plus? Are you a child? Did you just say A++? Is that double plus good? Is this Orwellian? Like, what the shit is happening here? No, stop it with that. Like, just tell me. Tell me in raw numbers. One through ten. Johnny, is it good? it's I'll because... Accept, I'll accept decimal points. Like a 9.8, like, well, but it's better than a 9.8. What do you want to call it? You want to call it a 9.8 slash 10 instead of a 9.8 slash A++? Yes. So I have two numbers to represent yes. a game instead of being able yes. to easily understand yes. one yes. is the same yes. scale. Exactly. You, yes. you guys are I maniacs. Want- Nobody wants this. Why does it? Why don't people want the same f-ing consistent scale that they understand? Also, go down. People, like, if you can't understand uh, this, no. just go to VGA and then just like only buy nineties because you know, oh, no, ninety means everything's great. Is dumb. That no, is so dumb. That really is like, also not look, true with VGA. Like it, it is so easy to go. The seal is a nine. The cart is a nine. The box is a seven. I understand that a cumulative score is this or the total score for this game, and it is not a cumulative average, okay. is this. I understand So you want it this. to be like a BGS-graded trading card? I want it to be a relatable system of numbers only, not A++ pluses, okay? Like, I want... Look, this is something I deal with in my job all the time. People are like, okay, well, we rated that a four, okay? And uh, out of five. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. They're like, okay, but this other scale we use is out of ten. Can you convert that? Like, can't you just times it by two? I'm like, no, because a four out of five is not the same as an eight out of 10. It's not the same. You think it's the same, but the sentiment attached to that is completely different. So I, I believe it is unnecessarily obtuse and it distracts and obfuscates the whole situation. I don't like it. Like, if you like, you can see how that's different, right? A four out of five is different than an eight out of 10, even though mathematically those sound the same. Right. Because four out of five infers almost perfect and eight out of 10 does not. Right. But mathematically that's still what? 80%. Yep. Johnny, you should get into coin grading where I think it's on a 67 point scale. You would love it. That, oh, that is so f-ing stupid. That's worse than our system. Like just, <laughs> just grade it out of 10, just grade the individual components out of 10 and say which each of them each represents. If one piece of this pie represents a greater total to the overall score, just call it out so I know how it is. But the minute you tell me A++, oh, I think I would like a 9.6A. Well, I got a 9.4A++. Like, what? The, what is happening? I don't even know what we're talking about. You have to be indoctrinated into a a weird cult to suddenly understand what that language means. And I don't like that. Like, just made it readable. And that's the problem. Like, I want to educate collectors. So when people don't understand this shit, they're going to get screwed when they don't see this stuff. So I don't like those kind of scales. That being said, all that for a very long answer for a very short question. 
I still don't love graded games because of these problems. I like them more because of what I think cares and puts more information. I like things that have more information present and people who care more about the nuance of a game because collecting games is a fairly uh, nuanced hobby. And we're finding out that there's more and more variants in it. And I like uncovering all that. VGA doesn't give a shit about that. They're just going to tell you if the box is nice. And rant. Thank you, John. Okay. And I can't believe, Stefan, you agree with Johnny on that the letters make sense for the seals I, so you can easily differentiate them from a box. It doesn't matter. None of us are like crazy graded game people anyway. Uh, I, I, well, I, can't I, mean, believe I also just generally you're... hate how much importance is given to a piece of cellophane that isn't technically part of the product. But whatever. Like, is, I can't. The game's a little weird. I can't believe you are against this, Tyler. This is like, you should love consistency across the board. And you're like, no, I think I think saying something is a, a 9.6 B plus minus is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there has to be three different A's because you're sending, you're sending your game to WADA to feel good about your game. So if the top tier was A and then the second tier was B, then there'd be a load of b games out there but everyone wants an a game so you can have an a game but you can also have the a plus or a plus plus that way everyone feels happy because virtually every decent sealed game will get an a or better so you mean there's some sentiment smoothing by obscuring things by not using proper numbers sure and you like that that is exactly what it is yeah i think i think that's why it is the way it is i think a is probably the maybe the close to the minimum level acceptable level of quality that people would accept so instead of making that like a c where like anything below a c is a failure they make it an a and then make everything above everybody gets a trophy johnny boo that's bad that's bad data that's bad for public viewing that is what this is why this world is so dumb and does not know how to read any data or any chart because we make it unnecessarily hard it's gatekeeping bullshit it should be abolished we should just go to numbers and then everyone will be clear and i'm sorry if your feelings get hurt because your seal is a b or an eight sorry who cares that's what you got like overall this it'll all smooth out and over time we'll see like just use 8.8 8.7 8.9 oh nine 9.1 9.2 there's plenty of room within the number scale in which to assign these grades and the minute you can't assign a number grade to it then then there's a problem right and that's like what we have in coins like when you talk about grade slippage you know where like people will you know oh they were harder graders back then you know so now we send it back in like that, like all that kind of shit is no, real. No, you don't send it back in. You send it to the grading grading company, where they'll grade your grade and tell you if it was actually accurate, <laughs> which are real things. Yeah, I know. It's fucking backwards and stupid. Yes. So, um, you know, it, it's as dumb as when I was reading. There was a, a post about a guy who who has his. Uh, sculptor's cut and it's got a blockbuster seal on it and people are like you should keep that seal on it that's like you know i know it was sealed by blockbuster but because it was a rental game that's a legit seal no that's stupid okay no absolutely not that's not a legit seal also those kind of seals those like airless cellophane seals cause like it the plastic will contract and crush the game so don't if you want to keep the box in a nice condition oh like take that seal off of it it's fake I mean, uh, for something like Sculptor's Cut, 
like I don't know what the weird market for high end sculptor cut is. He could probably find one person on Earth who would have value for that seal. Oh, even there, though there it's are, a the fake blockbuster seal. There, I, but there are already people like yo. You should leave it on. You should definitely leave that on. I'm like no, but like don't you know? Like haven't you seen some of those boxes? Like when they've been left in the heat, what happens to the plastic? And you see the I whole mean, box like that's start all to curl PC up? games. Like PC games are big empty boxes, and a lot of them are shrunk wrapped, so they all just get demolished when you keep them sealed. Yep, like because they didn't put the air holes in. I don't know who discovered that. You need to be to put that ribbing in there or have that flap that allowed air to pass through. But uh, the minute they realized, oh, if I actually make this thing airtight, that's bad. Anyways, that's all the questions. Hey, guys, thanks so much for sending questions because, boy, we didn't have an episode or an idea this week. Uh, and you bailed us out big time. No, uh, How long no, is we, this episode? Oh, my God. We're making another two hours hour episode. and 43 minutes. This is not minutes? the norm, guys. No. Uh, <laughs> mailbags are always long. Uh, and that's kind of also why I wanted to just make like a couple of questions part of the show um, each week, maybe. So we don't have like a three hour mail episode because people also in mail episodes, they don't know what they're going to get. There's a lot of good content here, but I can't explain that to people. Uh, you will have to in the pre-show, Tyler. I have to tell them how much cool stuff is no, talked about. No, you do that, episode. Johnny. I don't want to do that. I already have to edit this damn thing. Tyler, but I have a baby. Oh my God. That was your <laughs> personal choice. Actually, Tyler, I, don't, like, <laughs> I mean, technically it was the physical act of, uh, that makes a baby was 100% my choice, but the uh, ending consequences, I don't know if that was my choice because I was told by medical professionals it was never happening. <laughs> but it was a, it's a choice I'd make every single day, uh, especially like I can say that and it, it feels good, even though I had on my hand like four times today because he's got a diaper rash and was fighting me. That's how me much out. I love that kid. Oh, why, why? You're never getting You can't even get a dog yet. Uh, yes, no, I'm, I'm never having children and I hate poop. So those, that's a great combination in my opinion. Yeah. There's like, uh, he, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but he's very fair skinned. Um, so if you have a very fair skin, that means when you have like, you know, uh, weird that your poop has a bunch of uh, waste and stuff that your body doesn't want in it. And if it hits the skin at all, that it can, you know, have negative consequence. And because his, uh, he's got little baby veal skin, um, it like anytime he poops, he just instantly gets a rash. If we don't get it immediately, like basically wiping it as it comes out, then he'll get a diaper rash. And the more fair skinned you are, the worse it is. Great. I didn't know yeah. that. And I'm sure all of our listeners wanted to know that. So. Well, it's, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have kids and they're either like, Wow, I'm glad my baby isn't the palest, snow whitiest looking baby ever like mine. Uh, or uh, they have a hey, fair this skin is super baby, relatable. And they're like, yeah, I've lived that life. Like, if you've ever had a baby, and Stefan can relate, uh, who has a diaper rash and they're fighting you to change their diaper, you've gotten shit on your hands. And you've had to wipe oh, yeah. it off of their hands and their feet. And you're just like, fuck, why stop? Why? Just be still for a second. It'll be over so much quicker. Um, yeah, that's, you know, but that's uh, not how it goes. My my baby is a fighter. <laughs> so he could probably go. do more pull-ups than we could. Oh, that's right. dude, he he is so lean and thin. He, yeah, he does all the he does pull-ups. Piper, Piper, like carries around like these big like twenty four packs of soda just like because she thinks it's fun. The that that kid is jacked. 
Yeah, he he can climb me. If I like won't pick him up, he starts to ascend my body. <laughs> like all of my shirts are all stretched out because he's just like grabbing handfuls and pulling himself up. You're just like, what are you doing? I'm not I'm not a rope in a gym. Stop climbing me. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, that's a bunch of baby talk. Guys, uh, let's move on to the second part of the show where we talk about if we're playing any anything and if we bought anything. Uh, Stefan, I think you already said what you bought, or maybe that was just in the pre-show. Um, so you don't get to talk yet because we're going to talk to Tyler first. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, Stefan's just going to be the the anchor at the end that demolishes us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're, we did, that's people ask like, why don't you know who won collecting? Because you're never winning collecting when someone buys a one of one anything. Okay. So <laughs> just like, oh, cool. You got a nice Genesis game. Well, I got this one of one art piece. You're like, well, never mind. I don't even know why I talked. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, what'd you buy? It, it what has it been? It's been at least two weeks since we did this, right? Uh, yep. I've got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I will, uh, I will cut it down to some highlights here. I'll mention something, uh, uh, something bougie gatekeeper Tyler normally wouldn't mention. And he would just, uh, hold in his hands and be like, I'm, I'm actually better than everyone. Uh, I got a big lot of Famicom games, including, uh, sealed Famicom disc games from Japan. I got a, uh, I got a sealed Zelda one, Zelda two, Metroid, Castlevania, and, uh, some other less exciting stuff. Um, did you get me any i didn't get you any i i don't know there's there's like a bunch of sealed famicom disc stuff but i don't know if there's people who just have like cases of it it's it this is like way cheaper than nes games just to be clear to everyone i didn't like break my house getting all this uh very fancy sounding stuff um but no i didn't get you any go on go on a proxy site and get your own damn famicom disc games the true first prince, Johnny. And they're sticker they're sealed. Not. And apparently having a sticker seal instead of a shrink wrap seal is cooler. They're not. They're they are only first print to that system, not first print for the NES. Well, okay, they're the first appearance of the character, period. Probably not. Mm. Probably there's an art piece where it's it's true first. Appearance. No, now you're getting into Stefan logic where it's like the first time Shigeru Miyamoto had the concept of Zelda, you have to take that moment in history and <laughs> put it on your shelf. Yeah, yeah well. and I had well, Miyamoto sign that moment in history for me, and I actually have it here framed just back from Michael's. Yep. Well, remember, put that gem on your shelf to better yourself. Yes, exactly. Uh, besides Japanese stuff that no one cares about, uh, I did get a Super Bomberman party pack. You did uh, it! In pretty nice shape. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. And this ties into the last question we got. Uh, how do you feel about people just leaving overpriced garbage buy it now's up on eBay for years? I love it. Never take them down. Oh my god. If you have an overpriced buy it now, not only does it make the game look more common, but if you have like a like a 7 out of 10 condition thing that's just like way overpriced, people sometimes see that and they try to price theirs like way lower and they'll have like a 9.5 out of 10 that they'll completely misprice because they see your stupid buy it now. Yeah. Um, never saw, to, I, honestly, I to establish this, fake comparables. Yes. Uh, this one, uh, I got probably a slight deal on. It wasn't like crazy, but uh, it was in too nice shape for what it was, uh, what he listed it at. And then the most exciting thing, now my Famicom stuff's the most exciting. I love that Famicom stuff. Uh, I got uh, first print of monkey Island one, the EGA five Ooh. and a quarter disc version. You did uh, it. 
Yeah, I've, cool. I've been looking for that uh, all year. Uh, it comes up sometimes, but not often. There's a lot of Monkey Islands out there. Go get the five and a quarter inch EGA one. None of those bullshit versions. And certainly not the Amiga one, which for some reason is super common. And definitely not that shitty limited run game one. Oh, right. I forgot that this is like topical to yeah. what came out. Like, God, if you spent like $100 on the stupid Sega CD reprint of Monkey Island, what are you doing? Go buy a, a real copy of Monkey Island. It's a sweet game. The Sega CD Collector's Edition Monkey Island. What are you, do- what are you people doing? What are you okay. doing? Anyway, uh, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm super happy with all that stuff I got. Did you play anything? Briefly, did you play anything? I, I can't even think of that I played anything. Maybe even like Modern Warfare. I played a couple of rounds with my friends. All right. Stefan, do you want to go or shall I? Sure, I'll go. Uh, so I, I didn't technically buy much. Shut up, <laughs> um, you fucking ass. <laughs> Why do you like... Tyler, cut it. We're over. This episode's yeah, over. No, Johnny, right, you go and then we'll just direct no. people to Stefan's hour-long Instagram unboxing video. Just, why are you the worst? <laughs> Technically, I didn't buy anything. We're not e-beggars, everybody. We are not e-beggars. We are not asking you to send us free stuff. Stop sending Stefan free stuff. That's not how that worked at all. Don't you understand? If you give me things, I give you things like clout and recognition. (laughs) Not how that happened. Oh, what can I do for you? You're making young it sound lady? like a casting couch. It was. No, it wasn't. Oh yeah, prove it. <laughs> yeah, prove that it wasn't. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I, I've I've talked a, a lot about how difficult it is to to find Japanese art for Nintendo Power to the point that I essentially had given up on it. Um, but I did get in contact with one of the Japanese artists through levels and levels and levels of networking and um said that they were going to send me a piece and and if you tyler had mentioned my instagram video it's up there um but they said they were going to send me a i posted about a the dragon warrior map which is basically just the like the photographed and composited um original of the map that they then made and so uh this artist was going to send me that which was amazing and then she had said in in a note to me that she you know threw in some uh, some surprises and to my genuine surprise that ended up being quite a bit of art from various Japanese artists. So I am feeling very blessed right now that my, my, oh my formerly U S only collection of Nintendo power art now has a significant number of uh, Japanese pieces in it. And that's pretty much all that I've been paying attention to since last podcast. Did, uh, did you just say blessed? Like, did you unironically blessed. say blessed? Hashtag blessed. Hashtag God, blessed. God, shut up. <laughs> you are so disgusting. Ladies Black. and gentlemen, I think this is the first appearance of the Lord on this show. Oh, I'm I'm sure I've said that. I, I say that I'm blessed to, like, blessed to be the posi- in the position that I'm in, that kind of thing, all the time. I use that Fortunate. a lot. Blessed? Blessed, like... I take exception, like, uh, maybe I, I, I'm too literal on the definition of blessed as it would yeah, be. Yeah, I don't to put any holy, religious yeah, uh, connotation Like, to oh, it. really blessed? Blessed? Like, you were that interesting to a... Are you a middle-aged a mom on a Facebook group? Session? Yeah, seriously, yeah. Like, did what time is it? Is it 
<laughs> Rose all the way. So, oh, shut up. Hashtag blessed. Uh, yeah, Show no, me I don't your put golden any, doodle. I don't put any religious connotation to that at all. Ugh. Gross. I'll, I'll hype Gross. Stefan's stuff. I only watched some it's of it awesome. because his thing it was too long. It is awesome. He got like uh, Howard and Nestor comics, like original art from that. But the coolest thing is if you have the Zelda tips and tricks uh, guide, I guess Oh, it's I'm called. also salty about this moment. I'm salty about this moment. Go the on, last page of it probably has the best picture of Link from the Legend of Zelda 1 era. It, it's Link holding all the items, walking at the viewer, and he looks like a total badass. Which he doesn't always look. He he looks usually pretty he, cartoony he's, and like. The except Zelda he's Man wearing like a like baby this. doll dress, which is a little weird. Okay, yeah, but he got yeah, he, uh, no the cell from that piece of art, and it's cool. It's awesome. It's super awesome. It is super but the, awesome. It's cooler so than the, the Dragon Warrior map. No, mm, I don't God, like Dragon Warrior Zelda as much as and I like Dragon Zelda, Warrior. So. Right. God, I love both of them. That's that's hard for me to choose. Um, no, so I'm salty about this moment only because. Last night in our little group chat, Tyler, our, uh, <laughs> Stefan sends a message and he's like, hey, Tease, you, you know where this piece of art is from? And I'm just like, uh, what about Johnny? It's like one of my favorite series. And like I talk about how good Zelda 1 is and like how much time I put in that game, how I've literally candle burned every bush on in uh, both versions of the game. Uh, no, not asking me, huh? Someone who like combed over all the Nintendo powers and knew exactly what it was immediately. You just asked how like, you didn't even it ask was, a was, general question. You were just <laughs> like, no, f Johnny, he definitely doesn't know this shit about one of his I favorite think of, games. The only reason why I think about Tyler when I think about Zelda is how much he like pines over Ocarina. That's yeah, but how old, like uh, maybe you didn't know, like, I guess you didn't know when it was from, but that was like clearly older than Ocarina art. I'm like, you're asking the child that on is, this podcast. <laughs> I beat Legend of Zelda for the first time in 2009. I am not who you should be asking about original he did Zelda know. stuff. He did. Yes, he did know. But I also knew. And that's why I was salty. I was like, he did. that's why I didn't even answer. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not even answering this question. He can keep looking. Just, I was shitty about it. I was just like, why, why just make it a general question, dick. I'm like, why was I excluded from this? <laughs> why don't you trust me? No, I, I, uh. I was also like, holy shit, he got that fucking tips and tricks art. I was yeah, generally like, that was holy shit. That is pretty amazing. Like, I was pretty much like, holy shit, he got the Dragon Warrior map. Uh, that was like ridiculous. And you're like, I was asking about it. You tried to tell me where I was. I'm like, I, I fucking know where it's from, Stefan. Shut up. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I'm a, I am told them, but I'm a Dragon Warrior hipster. Like, I had Dragon Warrior before Nintendo Power gave it out to people. Uh, so I'm always like, no, he's like as a yeah, kid, I remember being annoyed with people who were like, I don't get Dragon Warrior. I got it from my Nintendo Power, and I'm like I was like, you heathen ass, you don't deserve this game. Get out of here. Get out of my role playing genre. I was I was like really angry about that as a kid. Actually, it was a thing that genuinely bothered me that like all these kids got Dragon Warrior, and uh, you know they were just like, let's go go play Mario. I, I don't know and why I was like this it. weird. I mean, that's the whole reason they had to give it away for free because no one wanted to play RPGs. So Nintendo's and like, was, maybe if we trick them into playing it, they'll like yeah, the RPGs. But, like I was totally like, it, it's like when you like an indie band and you're like, oh, I love them. Like, and you feel like some weird ownership, which you definitely don't 
actually have. They're like, well, but everyone's like, oh, I got it too. And you're like, oh, but this was the special thing I had. I felt like I didn't know what that was, but as a small child, I, I felt it for the first time. Like I can ever recognize that feeling was with Dragonware. So yeah, when Stefan was like, let me tell you where the art is from. I felt that moment again. I was like, shut the f*** up. Nintendo Power. There was some question you had about the map of, uh, when we first uh, started was, talking about it. Well, it's just because the way it was rendered, I, I wasn't oh, sure okay. if it was a rendering because, like, um, like when it was you know Famicom disc, there was things that were changed between uh, the Famicom version, disc version, and what actually was released in America. So, mm-hmm. like, some of the shores and stuff, the some of the bordering. So, I wasn't sure if it because you just said I got the map for Dragon Warrior and I couldn't see the picture very well. Because uh, it's it. big. I'm like, I don't know if you were saying this is like the in-game map because there's a rendered version of the in-game map or if you were like that they used uh, like when they're creating the game, if they had a hand-drawn one of that or if it was like the actual Nintendo Power Map. I did not know. Or the, you know, the the guide map. So there's a couple versions. So I wasn't sure which one you were referring to. I was mm. excited either way though. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. So... Pretty exciting. So, Stefan, you got a ton of good stuff, and uh, as shitty as I was being to you, you did get a bunch of awesome, awesome pieces. Uh, the dragon, uh, the dragon warrior slash dragon quest map alone is like stupid that you have that, and then getting the tips and tricks link, like, and Tyler's right, and like one of his coolest poses is also like kind of unbelievable and stupid, which is why we never do. Uh, who won collecting anymore because how the <laughs> fuck do you beat that that's like so dumb that's so dumb um yeah anyways good stuff uh what i'll tell very briefly what i'm i bought uh some goosebumps books yeah getting in, into those goosebumps books for my wife of course i'm out there buying like the weird variants of goosebumps books because i couldn't just buy the regular goosebumps books. it's got to be entertaining for you too right i mean I mean, like, I, I, my brain just goes at things that way, so I don't know if it's entertaining for me, but I like when I like when she likes to collect things, and I like that I can help mm-hmm. her and, like, make lists and stuff for her. I like that. I like that we're doing, like, some that I can help her do something. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that aspect of it, because there's some versions that come with, like, stickers in them, and some that come with uh, stickers and a bookmark and cards, and then there's other versions, multiple first prints, like... This is a first print, and this is a first print. This one comes with two holographic stickers, and this one comes with a bookmark and two cards in it. Why are they both a first print? And they like one has a weird uh, ISBN number on the back and like a weird barcode. So you're like, oh, I bet this is a Scholastic version. And uh, anyways, my my brain tries to figure out collecting because that's what I do. Um, so I enjoy that part of it. So Goosebumps books. Um, I did buy a... Marvel Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage QVC Exclusive Collector's Item. Uh, that's what the... Yeah. I did buy that, even though I already have one. Uh, it is still sealed, uh, but it is one of those bad seals that curls the box. And also, this box has a lot of crushing damage. It actually has more than the pictures re- revealed. So that was kind of sad. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, the seal's also... It was still like a solid rip. price, though. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Like yeah. I said, it was a good price for a, for a CIB one, and you got it sealed, so... yes. Yeah. And I didn't feel bad about it because um, I did the thing like you. I'm like, well, I've got one. I guess I could switch it if I ever needed it. But now I'm like, now I have both and I never have to think about that again. Oh, that's what you're planning on doing with it? So you could technically have the SNES version in both of those boxes because you don't know which one's in the sealed one. Actually, but I'm you'll just psychologically sure... think I could swap the SNES one if I had to. 
no, I used to do that. Like when I had one, I'm like, I could swap whatever and like count it. Like if I needed, like, do you have this for it? Yeah, I have this. I could like swap back and forth because there's no, like having the box and all the accoutrements are like, what is the thing? The game in it is not what defines the QVC pack to me because it could be either one. I guess. Yeah. It is a pretty unique case. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the the uniqueness comes from the outer box and everything, not really from which game version is. Like the only difference is which side it is on. So I think I've got the Genesis version because I can feel the book slide. And the Genesis version, the book is usually on the right, but that's usually not always, not not a hundred percent of cases. So I think the Genesis version is in there. I'm not one hundred percent. I would have to open the box to look at it, and the seal is so shitty. I, I am tempted to. Do it. So I might. I might. Then, I, then I send don't know. the game to Wada because the game is probably going to be worth more one day than what you paid for the whole thing. Yeah. Like, see, kind of like in that case, like, because there's so much crushing on the box, like, I'm worried that if it's a Super Nintendo one, that it would be the game would be crushed inside a little bit. Mm. It would have damage. Oh, that would uh, ruin if, everything. Then he would want yeah. to keep it sealed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Got an extra. So, yeah. So then there's the Genesis one. Like, probably isn't damaged because it's a genesis case right right so especially the side that a lot of the damage is on would be like i'm actually looking at the box now like where the most damage is is not where the game would be but the box is like kind of wavy and stuff too it's not a beautiful specimen of a box that makes me sad because it looked really good in the picture yeah it like, did not look pretty... good in the pictures no i would have looked... bought it if it looked good in the pictures because i, I um, kind of want one but it's like the new leaf cart where it's like this is not going to help me achieve my collecting goals and then uh oh the funny thing that happened that i told you guys about um uh where i was bidding on a thing and then sneezed <laughs> in the last two seconds Johnny put in his biggest bid ever because he doesn't yeah. want to use an auction sniper like everyone else on the planet does yeah, I'm an old man. I like to do it manually. I, I like the thrill. Stefan's with me on this. He does it too. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm there. Yeah. The only time I'll actually ever use this sniper is when I know I'm going to be engaged yep. otherwise, like, oh, yeah, in, in like, an unavo- unavoidable sense. Yeah, like if I'm going to the movies or I'm going to be out or something, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do it. But yeah, if, if I, I'm on a plane or something, then yes, I'm going to use this sniper. Yeah, but if I'm like home, I like to do it myself. Um, you guys must but, bid on much fewer items than I bid on. That is true. Yeah, probably. Um, But yeah, so it was a Hot Toys Star Wars uh, Scout Trooper, the speeder bike with speeder bike. That's that's the thing I accidentally won because I, uh, you know, I'm kind of like sick of games. So I'm like, what should I take my expendable income and throw it at? Um, We like Stefan, you've you've seen in the house like I have the Star Wars shelves. I like Mm -hmm. to buy my little my little action figures, my dolls. Um, So I got a princess leia with wicket who's an ewok and i was like it would be cool to have this biker scout i think i'll bid this amount of money which was like 340 dollars instead i sneezed and bid three thousand four hundred and two dollars so i won that auction (laughs) so did you end up overpaying no, I like still got like I think a pretty good price. Like okay. it is kind of, it's like a loose figure. It doesn't come with its box. The speeder bike had like a little bit of damage. So I'm not getting like a great deal on this, but I think I'm paying like fair value. Like a lot of the sideshow stuff like having all the extra little hands and all the like would be a uh, like I bought a loose copy instead of a complete in box, but I don't care cuz it's it's going on a shelf displayed. I'm not like I'm not displaying the boxes. 
So I didn't care about that. So I, the deal was still pretty solid, I think. I'm imagining a, an alternate world where you paid $3,000 for this statue, and then there's some Star Wars or figure collecting forum like, this is ruining the hobby. People are overpaying for speeder bikes now. What is this $3,000 sale about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just you know, like a $2,000 Castlevania too. I I hope that that is happening. Um, like, those forums are so much different. Like, people, the information is so much shadier. And, like, the way I don't understand. Like, there's fakes in this community, too. I'm not, like, a super knowledgeable collector. I'm just a guy who likes Star Wars figures. So, I'm just, I'm probably the dummy out there. I'm just like, I bought this one. I don't know. I could buy it cheaper. I got him though. I'm going to put him next to my Princess Leia. Mm, look cool. Wicked. I got an indoor scene. It's like, uh, I play with toys now exactly the same way I played with toys as a child. So I'll give you some insight into how I was. I loved my Star Wars figures, but I didn't play, you know, like people like, and then he jumped on him and they attacked him and like bang figures together. Like I always see people like grab two figures and then like smash them together. And I'm always like, who the hell played like that? And I guess it was regular kids. Uh, Cause I definitely didn't. What I did with all of my figures and why I wanted multiples of like stormtroopers and stuff is I just set up movie scenes. I'm just like, and here's a scene. Okay. Here is Darth Vader coming down uh, the little gangway. Okay. Here's some stormtroopers. They're at attention. Okay. Their guns are like this. Okay. They all look the same. Cool. I played like it takes me. I'm like, now I'll set up a new scene. Okay. Over here. Okay. Here's Luke on a speeder bike and, uh, he's crashed. Okay. So there's a speeder bike in pieces and he's got his lightsaber out and here comes the biker scout trooper on his and Luke's going to fight him. Okay. Yeah. It's set up. Now I'll put a little Ewok over here. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Set it, set it up. That's how I played. I just, I mean, that that's kind of like, a person who plays with Legos just by following the instructions. They're just like, okay, I'm going to build this thing and there it is. Don't touch it. It's perfect. Now I don't want to play with these anymore. Yeah. That's (laughs) kind of how I played with Legos too. I mean, I would, I definitely built my own houses and stuff. Uh, you know, like I was, I was a kid who loved to build houses. I don't like, I don't like Lego, like new Lego sets where it's just like part of a thing. You're just like, this is like basically you're doing it for the minifigures and it sets up like, like, I guess this brick wall represents the room. I like a set to look like a thing because I want to build something that looks like a thing. Are we talking about itself. how you buy like a ship or a castle and it's only the front part and the back is just open and it's no, bullshit, I'm okay. W- I'm okay with that. No, I hate I, that. I, look, I don't love it. I mean, I said I'm okay with it. I'm okay because the front is a displayable piece. You're like, huh, I did it. Like, with a lot of the Harry Potter sets, what I will do is I'll buy two of them, and then I'll build the back half. <laughs> All right. Uh, Johnny, it is, uh, it is 4.04 a.m. Um, no, I let's keep talking about right how... Let's, let's keep talking about how I buy Can toys. I go to bed? No, no, we're going to... Stefan, tell us more about your art, because we only got to talk about two pieces. What? Yeah, I know, this is probably the I got a year for you. We only brought up like three things. I got 83 new pieces, so let's just go through them one by one. Yeah, can you? (laughs) Alphabetically. Please. Oh, you said the magic words, alphabetically. That's right. Um, Well, I mean, like, alphabetic, like, is each piece have a letter or something that you've designated it to? Is there any, like, A++ pluses or... Well, no, you... I could I could either go by by issue number, or I could go by uh, the game, or I could go by the artist. 
I would I would prefer okay, so by there's game... like three different ways to alphabetize. Okay, so I, yeah, I would like you to go by game title, and um, and then tell me which issue it was in. Uh, well, the first one might actually be Liberty or Death. Oh my god, no one cares enjoy. about Liberty or Death, especially a <laughs> Japanese interpretation of Liberty or Death. I, I know you didn't get any Ninja Gaiden stuff, because the second you got it, you would have been like, Tyler, check this sh- out. I, I, w- I absolutely, if I, if I ever do get any Ninja Gaiden original art, I will be all over you with that. I know. <laughs> yeah, but did you see, like, Stefan earlier was talking about how gross Tyler is, but Stefan is like, I get to lord this thing I know you would love, and I'll never let you have it. <laughs> That's true. What? You would never be able to buy it from me. See? See how shitty that is? He's talking about what a monster Tyler is. And he's he like, wouldn't be Ugh. lording it over me. So what What Stefan could do is instead he could Tyler, get the Ninja Gaiden I'm... art and then never tell me about it and then just be like, I got the Ninja Gaiden art. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> coolest collector. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I was trying to make you sound less like a monster. Yeah, help I don't, me help which you. is weird because, <sighs> yeah, I don't understand that. Now you just sound awful again. No, we got to cut this <laughs> whole episode, I think. Yep. All right, we'll yeah, after, four, after three hours. <laughs> Good night, <laughs> All right. everybody. All right, that's it for the episode. I think you know where to find us all on social media. Bye. There. Wow, you really did cut it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I stopped recording. I'm going to bed. All right. Thanks, guys.